0: yo this is sam sports podcast it is tuesday september 20th 2016 i am back on the podcast with shaka to do a little special fantasy football week two breakdown shaka welcome back
1: What's going on, football people? Happy to be back
0: for week two. Oh, man, we got plenty to talk about. There was a lot of excitement, as there is every single weekend in the National Football League. Injuries, yep, yep. surprises, drama galore. Um, I'm excited. Let's start off with your uh, New York Jets because they kicked off week two with Thursday Night Football in Buffalo. Right off the bat, Shaka, I want to hear your thoughts on that Jets Bills game. What did you think?
1: Well, first off, I'm very happy because we pulled out the win.
0: Yeah, it was granted, pretty, man. I mean, it was very pretty.
1: I mean, granted, I'm still looking at Darrell Revis getting torched yes. downfield for 80 yards. You know, I'll take a W. A W will, you know, it's it's a salve on the burn. I'll be okay. So uh, let's start off by saying uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, good
0: job, buddy. Yeah, man. Delivering big time. You know, Big I'm, time delivery. I'm very skeptical about free agents coming and just, you know, kind of easing into a system, but dude... Brandon Marshall, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and now Matt Forte. This is working.
1: Hey, don't forget, we got uh, another young man named Quincy Dude, out of nowhere,
0: big time.
1: Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, the Jets have like a trio of wide receivers who are, they're looking, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's got an offense. He's got a nice little spread offense he can throw to. He can throw to anybody out of those four we just mentioned. And, I mean, they can do some damage.
0: And it's fascinating how... They brought in these these high-priced free agents, and it's working. It's like a true situation where a New York team is paying top dollar to bring guys in, and they are performing how they would want to be performing. I mean, you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's like they honestly were trotting Geno Smith out there for a couple of seasons. I mean, what were they doing?
1: I mean, I'm going to tell you this much. We've got guys trying to plant bombs uh, downtown Manhattan, and I feel more excitement about the Jeff potential than I do about a terrorist attack. So, I mean, you know, it says a lot. It says a lot about what's going on right now.
0: Dude, and I really got to highlight you about Quincy Anunua. That guy is definitely a big waiver wire pickup. For fantasy football players out there, Quincy Anunua, if you don't know, now you know. You should go check it out, go put in a waiver wire claim for him, because if any of these guys go down, and even if they don't go down, I see a situation like the Arizona Cardinals where, you know, Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown, what's up, dude?
1: We're gonna need all hands on deck, I think, for that game. So I, I think, yeah, um I mean I, look, Quincy Nunwa is a perfect guy for like a third down situation. Yeah. Where you know they're gonna put that double coverage in Brandon Marshall. And Eric Becker, I mean, catches everything in tight coverage, but every now and then you're gonna still need kind of a third option for Fitzpatrick to throw to. So Quincy Nunwa I think is you're absolutely right, it's a great call. He's a great
0: fantasy pickup. And I really, dude, that Brandon Marshall injury was scary, all right? I thought he had torn an ACL. I thought his knee was done. I mean, it was amazing. To, I don't know how he came back out on the field and how his how the season is not over for Brandon Marshall, but whether he's on the sense. field or not, Anunwa is a huge addition to that team.
1: I think, well, there's still kind of a controversy that says that he actually has an MCL sprain, even though, you know, it's kind of that that gray area where people say, no, he he's fine. He's fine. Management saying he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting like the secret report saying he has an MCL screen. So we'll see.
0: The, old, up next the old NFL player injury report two-step.
1: You don't want to give the opponents any kind of advantage. So we'll see coming into next week just whether or not Brandon Marshall is okay. But I've got my fingers crossed that everything's
0: fine. I'm going to be very interested to see how that's going to shake out, especially because i got Brandon Marshall on a few of my fantasy teams. How about Matt Forte running all over the place?
1: Yes, beautiful, and they—you know what—they're—they're they're committed to giving him that workhorse load. Yeah, and he—he he really just got the football in there. And one of his brand—sorry, one of his knocks, Matt Forte's knocks in Chicago was that he was just not a red zone guy. Yeah, he couldn't pound the ball in, and, and he's doing exactly that for the Jets right now. So I—I I feel nothing but joy right now.
0: Yeah, I think there was a really strong sense of timeshare between he and Bilal Powell, but through two games, that's not the case whatsoever. Not at all. I'm uh that whole Jets offense right now. I'm feeling very positive. They are all fantasy football studs. I like them. I uh congratulations to your Jets. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Thank you, sir. All it's right. going to be a big test
1: next week, next week with Kansas City, so we'll
0: see. That'll be a legit test because Kansas City's got a real defense aside from the other side of the ball in that game. We got to talk about the Buffalo Bills and how atrocious they were. So, uh, now number 1 they didn't have a red zone play until the fourth quarter. They, all of their plays were big pass plays. And now I'm going to come back to, yes, Darrell Revis absolutely got burned in that game. But he did come back and have some redemption plays later in the game where he actually played some good coverage but that's true. still, the only plays that the Bills were able to make were kind of deep passes and blown coverages, which, you know, says a lot about the Jets' secondary, but also says a lot about the ineptitude of this Bills' offense. Um, well,
1: they just fired their, offense, their uh, offensive coordinator, which, I mean, I'm wondering here.
0: That's a hell of an indictment. Kind of,
1: it's a smokescreen, I think, for Rex Ryan keeping his job just a little bit longer, but if the Bills' offense which, granted, they put up 31 points. It still doesn't look super functional, and I, I credit a lot of that to just Tyrod Taylor just making some some great plays out there. Uh, I, I think Rex Ryan's kind of holding out that he can kind of get the reins back on his horse and get things back together, but it doesn't look good, and Sammy Watkins' injury is looking a lot more shady than they're letting out, so I think we're going to see... yeah. Uh,
0: Fantasy so football, is it off. is it time to bail on Sammy Watkins? What's going on? What do you think?
1: Well, that foot injury is not as uh, a day-to-day or, like, a playable injury as they're letting on. It looks – I mean, he really was not a factor in this game at all. I think he had no. two catches – from not even 40 yards.
0: I, I, I recall watching the game and saying he hasn't had a single catch and then looking at the box score and realizing he had two catches, and I was like, I missed that. That's how forgettable yeah, they he was. N- they
1: were non-essential. They, they were not, like, big factors. They weren't big plays that really changed the flow of the offense. So it I, I don't want to say jump shit just yet, but it's, things are looking bad, and they're playing Arizona next week. So we're going to – Sammy Watkins, he's not showing up for Arizona – Something's not
0: right. Yeah, I'm not feeling positive about anybody on their offense. Shady McCoy is about the only guy who I feel okay with because at least he's getting work, he's getting volume. He didn't get into the end zone in that game, but he's not going to stay out of the end zone for much longer.
1: I've got McCoy on one of my fantasy teams, and I keep a close eye on him. I think if the Bills aren't putting up points, McCoy is just not going to get the football. They're they're not the type of team to kind of just pound it in there consistently unless they're up and they want to run the clock down
0: Yeah, it's it's another example of just this team kind of poorly put together. And, you know, there's not I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast this week. He had Mike Lombardi on who's with Fox Sports now. But he was, you know, Mike Lombardi was a front office GM for years. And, you know, he made a very good point. He says the Bills don't run an offense. They run plays. Very good point, because it's true. You know, Tyrod Taylor has amazing plays. But as a whole, you can't really see their offense get anything really going.
1: I think he's still a little young and unseasoned. I mean, he's got a lot of potential a lot of talent, but I don't think he's quite there yet where he can be that guy who scrambles and creates out of the pocket like an Aaron Rodgers yeah. can do or he's, hey, even a Russell Wilson Not there can yet. create on his own. So he's not ready quite yet, and that Bill's offense, it's got guys. You've got Sammy Watkins. Goodwin's a burner. He's got a lot of speed, yeah. but you still have to kind of have set plays that, you know, really the the offense just doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel like it flows smoothly yet through him. No, I So they need a lot of work.
0: I completely agree. I don't – I just came away thinking the Bills are just awful. It was just – it wasn't fun to watch. It's Um, not going to get any prettier. (laughs) Let's move on to the next game. Bengals-Steelers in Pittsburgh – what was the first? Rivalry. What 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 stood out about this game to you, Shaka? I'm
1: gonna honestly say, of all things, the Steelers defense. Yeah, the Steelers D has not looked quite as uh, steel curtain as you would like to think. And I mean, really, we kind of kind of sweep under the rug just because that offense is so lethal. Just pile it on if you if you give Roethlisberger a chance to just get open and get time to throw. Yeah,
0: the Antonio the Brown, defense, everything. We just kind of get all wrapped up in that.
1: I mean, they really just did a great job on A.J. Green, who was absolutely just blanketed. He didn't really get a chance to get loose like he did against the Jets, and he didn't get a chance to run free. And once you contain him, you could just give the ball to D'Angelo Williams and just had him pounded in all day and just really run the clock down and just wear him down physically. So the Steelers played some Steelers football, and they, I mean, they just really dominated him, I think. I mean, the score didn't really give you an idea of, how not close this game was, to me at least. I think that the Steelers dominated from beginning to end.
0: And Well, anytime, anytime these divisional rivals, whether it's the Steelers with the Ravens or the Steelers with the Bengals, you know that's going to be a smash-mouth rivalry. You know it's going to be a black-and-blue game where they've got to fight for every single point. And I think that stood out to a degree in the box score with, you know, you didn't see Antonio Brown. You talk about A.J. Green getting blanketed and getting shut down. Antonio Brown, even with the Pittsburgh's win, was shut down as well. And yeah, that, he didn't look himself out there. No, and, you know, I think that speaks a lot about the defense. Because, listen, even though the Bengals lost this game, that team is no slouch either. They've got a pretty nasty defense as well, even though they don't have Burfecht on the on the field. Um, right. And I really found, and now I've said this before about A.J. Green, and I want to reiterate it. Now, A.J. Green has the ability to have those 180-yard games, that monster game he put up against the Jets last week where he had all these touchdowns, but... Of all of the sort of high end top five wide receivers in the league, AJ Green tends to be one of the guys who's has more of a consistency at being inconsistent. He can go for two hundred yards, and then he can kind of disappear. Like, and I think sometimes that's a you know that's a product of the fact that they don't have many other guys on the field with him. You know, he would have games like that last year, and you would see Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu get all of the catches in those games. Um, but against the Steelers in that division AJ green has a way of a way of getting clamped down on and you've got to kind of be mindful of that if you're an AJ green owner now Jeremy Hill Giovanni Bernard we talked about I this last week just, in the podcast
1: I think you just said it right there Giovanni Bernard and it's really uh, we called it dude backs,
0: we called it yeah
1: we did the running backs are really uh, as soon as you said it, I was like oh man he just jumped right on it I think that's really. Part of the problem why AJ Green can't let loose every week is because I don't think teams really give uh, enough, you know, did not give enough credence to the running backs. Uh, Giovanni Bernard had a great game in terms of catching the football. I think yep. he had a couple catches for about eighty-five yards. Yep, but he had a big fumble.
0: Yep, that, fumble that happened too. <laughs> game
1: and just really kind of took him out of it. And i I'm, I'm losing. Jordan Hill just really, I mean, just didn't show up. So Dude. on the ground. Running the football, they just they just
0: didn't do much. And and from a PPR standpoint, you know, Jeremy Hill is just not nearly as valuable as Giovanni Bernard. If Bob, Giovanni Bernard's going to get that work in the backfield. Jeremy Hill is, you know, he's kind of like Adrian Peterson in that way. They don't really throw him the ball. They want him to run it. And if they're not running it, they're going to have Giovanni Bernard in there.
1: And I think Bernard really was just kind of the outlet just to kind of take the pressure off of Andy Dalton. So He got a lot of receptions in this game just to really kind of... Get the pressure off of Dalton. Yeah. The Bengals Bengals are going to, they have a problem here. It's not glaring yet, but it's a problem, and they're going to have to fix it if they want to really win some games this year.
0: No, I completely agree. This is, you know, like, like I said, these divisional rivalries, and specifically this AFC North Division, you know, these games, the Steelers, the, I don't want to include the Browns in this discussion just yet, but the Steelers. (laughs) The Bengals and the Ravens, those guys always go down to the wire. The Ravens got hit by injuries last year. But, you know, a game like this could decide who wins the division. It's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to be real tight. And I think uh, you said it, man. The Steelers' defense came out and really made a statement because we know the Steel Curtain. They have that reputation. But over the, the last five to eight years, they've kind of shifted. Uh, you know, Since Troy Polamalu got old and, and retired, the defense kind of dipped a little bit, and the offense became high-flying. It was really exciting to see the defense step up and really, really impose their will on the Bengals in this game. That was a big win for the Steelers.
1: And credit again for Roethlisberger, who got two touchdowns to two different tight ends. Yeah. And still got another one for DeAngelo Williams. I mean, he just makes plays. The guy
0: makes plays. Dude, I, I, hope, I hope, and speaking of D'Angelo Williams, I hope they keep him in the mix when Le'Veon Bell comes back. He's just too good to ride the bench as a backup.
1: I'm still upset that that's even still a possibility, which you're absolutely right. I, I, I feel like he's, it's the same thing that happened last year, where as soon as Le'Veon Bell comes back, D'Angelo Williams loses the starting job, which he's rightfully earned at this point. He's just he's a smash-mouth guy. He plays smart football. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Why is he not the starter?
0: Dude, I got him on multiple fantasy teams of mine. I'm not looking forward to the day when I have to put him back on the bench cuz Levi Bell takes the job from him. Ooh, that's not good. Let's move to the next game. Titans Lions. Uh Well now. I, I didn't really that... I didn't really watch much of it. All I caught was the fact that the Titans came back in the fourth quarter, scored two touchdowns to win the game, which definitely made my head turn. Is there anything that Andre, jumped out at you Andre about this Johnson. game? Andre, Andre Johnson, Johnson, man.
1: Coming from the dead just to show up and go, hey guys, remember me? I'm still here. Where's I
0: I think I spoke to at least two different people on Sunday, and when I told them that Andre Johnson scored the game winning touchdown for the Titans, I think both of them looked at me respectively and were like, Andre Johnson's on the Titans? He's still playing? He's still playing?
1: I think every everyone thought he was gonna ride out to the sunset, and he said, hey, you know what? I still got some left in the tank. He went to the Colts, which didn't quite work out. Yeah, no, I mean. I, Think he's just, and Which is weird to me. I, I feel like he could have had some kind of role in that offense. but
0: uh, Dude, the Colts have had go. so much ineptitude on offense. I don't think Andre Johnson not fitting in was his fault so much as their fault.
1: Which is, which is true. I mean, it, we're going to get to them. They, they've got
0: to. At this rate, Andre Johnson's got to have one more season on the Jaguars just to round out the whole division.
1: I think the other thing that stood out for me was uh, DeMarco Murray. Yes. Had a big, had a
0: big run. Yes, and, uh, and second straight game where he's gotten a lot of work with that Titans offense and good PPR production as well.
1: They're still mixing uh, Derrick Henry in every now and then, which is good. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if he can kind of get it to feel a little more natural. DeMarco uh, the, the, the Murray's just a natural. I mean, he's just got it's just when he, when he busts out, he's just got this combination of power and speed, and it's, just, it's, it's really fun to actually watch him. Work in an offense, but I think Tennessee's still kind of trying to figure out all these moving parts, Yeah. and it doesn't look pretty yet. It just really doesn't. So,
0: do you think that do you think Derek Henry takes the job from Demarco Murray by the end of the season?
1: I still one. Let's let's just address the fact that I don't know why they drafted. Derrick Henry when you've got a DeMarco Murray. I mean, yeah, it was and they kind
0: of signed DeMarco Murray, to though they've traded for him. They they went out and got him. It's not like they didn't make an effort in the offseason to put, to put a running back in there.
1: I think they just kind of forgot the draft plan after they signed DeMarco Murray. They still had him as their number one guy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Derrick Henry is just a beast, but they didn't really need him. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't see how you could let Henry get the starting job and just waste all that money you just signed with uh, Demarco Murray, and let that talent kind of ride the bench.
0: And so they got—they're they, gonna
1: have to figure out a way. They, they got to at least to mix it together. They
0: got to give him. They got to continue to give Murray the workload because they're paying him that money, and he's also he's earned it at this point. He's done nothing but Absolutely. perform positively. And you know, listen, Derrick Henry, I don't think he can he can take away from that. But right now, Demarco Murray's got the hot hand. Give him the ball.
1: Absolutely. I'm totally agreeing with you on this one. I mean, that, that run was beautiful. And it's just it's just a small sample of why, when he was with the Cowboys, he was a D-man. He can yes. do it. He's absolutely got the ability to be your lead back and a workhorse.
0: I uh, This Titans team is trending upward because you, Marcus Mariota, it takes some balls to come together and, and orchestrate a fourth-quarter game-winning drive and to put all that together. I mean, they did it. It's magical. Is there? What about the wide receivers now? Tajay Sharp did get. I think he still led the team in targets. But I don't really know. I don't really know about this passing game yet. Uh, I mean, any of these wide receivers on Tennessee kind of jumping out at you, Shaka?
1: Well, you really got it down with Tajay Sharp. He's. I think he's pretty much locked in as their number one guy. Even mm-hmm. though he's really, he's really not in terms of targets and actual catches to targets. I think it's just. There's a glaring uh, problem there. He's, the, I think he's really the best they have. Which yeah, it's not much. It's not going to work for Mariota at this point. But what? I mean, if you're playing fantasy and you need a wide receiver, he's a good number three guy to have. Obviously, Sharp because you know he's going to get the looks. It's just a question of whether or not he and Mariota can kind of make that connection. Because I mean, he's getting opportunities. He's just not making the best of them right now. So if he... you're in a PPR league, he's a man. You know,
0: the only other guy. Be. The only other guy on that Tennessee offense that's really doing a whole lot is Delaney Walker. I mean, he's doing fantastic.
1: Well, that guy's been money since last year. I mean, there were a couple games last year where Mariota just went out and balled out with four touchdowns, and odds were that Walker had two of them. So, I mean, he's always going to be that red
0: zone guy for you. I'm definitely kind of wishing I had Delaney Walker in a few of my leagues, man, because, you know, I got Dwayne Dwayne Allen in a couple of leagues. I got Zach Ertz in a couple of leagues. Eh, Delaney Walker, I I could really go for him right now.
1: I mean, honestly, I'd tell you probably look at Dennis Pitta.
0: That's from the, what uh, Ravens. That's exactly what I was thinking. Dennis Pitta, man, he's been injured for two seasons, and everybody forgot about him, and now he's back and he's playing and he looks great and he got a hundred yards.
1: I know, let the kid shine. I mean, honestly, he saved Joe Flacco a couple of times out there. He gets some big catches, man, to really kind of stretch up.
0: Drive. dude and he and Joe Flacco are boys man like they go back to the Super Bowl they won a Super Bowl together they vacation together like there's a rapport there that you don't need to establish and I'm telling you I think you'll agree with me waiver wire pickup Dennis Pitta if you need a tight end because nobody's talking about him and he's hot
1: absolutely Dennis Pitta right now is money to me I'm looking I don't even know if I need a tight end
0: uh, now here, actually, the next game on the docket is the Ravens game, but before we get away from this Titans-Lions game, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Lions. Um, number one, Amir Abdullah got hurt, yes. so we're definitely looking at an increased workload for Theo Riddick, however, Theo Riddick is a little bit of the pass-catching back, so you know he's going to work in the PPR situation, but with that I don't think they're just going to make him a bell cow workhorse back I think they're going to be bringing in another running back on this Detroit Lions team to kind of rotate in with Theo Riddick
1: I mean Riddick I think for maybe that they're going to try and do Riddick as their lead back I'm really not sure it's going to work out Riddick doesn't have the kind of toughness that Medula does in terms of just repeated just just pounding through the line but um it's going to be interesting to see because I think Staff is going to need a little bit more than that. But, um,
0: oh, here the, he is. the Lions team. Dwayne Jones. Dwayne Washington is the other running back they want to try to rotate in with Theo Riddick.
1: And my mind immediately drew blanks because I was like, Washington? I don't. It's not ringing the bell.
0: Yeah, that, that usually means a bad sign for the Lions because, and listen, even with the running back problems that they've had. It's already become abundantly clear that this Lions team likes to throw the ball, throw, throw, throw. Yeah. Stafford's been throwing it like crazy. All of the wide receivers: Eric Ebron, Golden Tate, Marvin. Jo- they're all getting lots and lots of they're targets.
1: Rack- they're racking it up right now. Marvin Jones had a great game, but I mean, he's going to need some help, which is weird for me to say. But they're going to need some help from the running game. Yeah, and the defense.
0: Yeah. while we're at it. Yeah, that defense. I, um, the Lions are just. I want to root. For, I want to like. You know, it's like the Browns; like they've just been such uh, like a misfortunate franchise that I want them to sort of get some success. But with the team they got this year, it's hard to feel any positivity about you know anyone other than like a Marvin Jones or a Matthew Stafford or a Golden Tate.
1: Well, let's see if they actually go back into the draft this year and actually draft someone in the secondary who can kind of staunch the blood flow. They're going to have to score from every game. Otherwise, they're going to have Stafford shooting it out every week just to try to pull out a win.
0: Let me ask you this. Eric Ebron, Dennis Pitta, or Jacob Tammy, Who do you pick?
1: It's a tough question. I mean, if you're in a PPR league, I think Dennis Pitt is probably going to be your most reliable and consistent. He may not have a bust-out game where he you know, gives you touchdowns because that's Ebron's job. Ebron's the guy who can give you anywhere from a touchdown Two touchdowns per game, but he's not gonna get as many catches mm-hmm. as a Dennis Pitta. So I tell you if you're looking for some consistency, you probably want to go with Dennis Pitta. If you're hoping to kinda of have a, a big day maybe uh on a Sunday with some touchdowns, you're probably gonna go with Ebron. Okay. He's, he's just in the red zone, he's just the guy that uh Stafford likes to look to not Megas trying to run around.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I had uh, someone ask me that question today. I thought it would be a good one to bring on the show, man. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's go to the Ravens-Browns game because we're talking about Dennis Pitta. Had a wonderful game with Flacco. 100 yards receiving. Um, Flacco, a couple of things to look at that I spotted is Mike Wallace is for real.
1: I'm going to pat myself on the back because I did say...
0: You I called think.
1: that... Okay, call Wallace.
0: Dude, and he's got, I believe it was two touchdowns in this past game?
1: Yes. He had, I think, a 17-yard, and I think the other one was maybe 30 yards.
0: Now... So first off, I think we can establish that Flacco is the quarterback who can get the ball to him down the field that he hasn't had since Ben Roethlisberger. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Mike Wallace is not going to be a, a receptions kind of guy. He's a home run threat. So, I mean, just expect just big chunks of yardage per catch.
0: Now, ha- okay, can Flacco and Mike Wallace sustain this throughout the course of the fantasy football season? Like, can, is this something that's going to be fluky? And we look back and we see they had three touchdowns in weeks one or two, and then he does nothing for six or seven weeks. Or do you think Mike Wallace is trending upward into, like, top ten fantasy wide receiver situation, Shaka?
1: If you would asked me this question last week, I'd have probably hesitated and probably told you no. But now that I'm sitting and I'm looking at the Ravens wide receiver situation, I mean, they've got Dennis Pitta. Mm-hmm who can kind of get all the short yardage passing. You got Steve Smith, Mm who, you know, is a lot older. But, I mean, he's still a guy you can't really count out of any fight. He's a tough guy. He can get catches on third down. And, you know, he...
0: And he he got work, man. He was working, man. He got lots of receptions in this game. He's a possession guy. He's still doing what he does.
1: There's few guys I've ever seen with as much heart as him. So, I mean, you've got to respect the, the amount of options that Flacco still has. And then you've got a Mike Wallace, who if you look the wrong way for two seconds, can get out behind you and get downfield. And Flacco's got an arm, so there's always the possibility that he can torture you, which he did this back Sunday for two touchdowns. Dude, So I'd tell you, I mean, I'd say you, you can't really count Mike Wallace out unbelievably. And if playing Jacksonville next week, I'd say give him a shot. Wow.
0: So if Mike Wallace is still out there in your league, go get him. Uh, discussing a little bit more of the Ravens running back situation. This Okay, the running backs, it got even cloudier and even messier in this Browns game. So Terrence West and Justin Forsett, it was a clear split. They both got double-digit carries, and neither one of them was uh, impressive. And I heard Matthew Barry talking about on his ESPN Fantasy Focus football podcast about how you should start looking at Kenneth Dixon and some of these other running backs because the Ravens might actually start looking deeper into their bench. What do you think about, like, are there any of these Ravens running backs that are sort of making you, that that get you excited at all, Shaka?
1: Uh, absolutely not. This is a radioactive situation. I'll tell you to stay away from anybody that runs the football for the Ravens. I'd say anything Stick to the air game, but on the ground. They, they don't know what they're doing, and they haven't known what they're doing since last year. Justin Forsett was their man to go to last year, and it was still pretty disappointing lot. So, uh, they still have a lot of things to work out in the running back game. So I tell you to stay away. It's
0: not okay. worth it. Okay. Just uh, too much uncertainty with the Ravens running backs. I got gotcha. you. I, 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 I agree with you. It's a good point because it's – at this point, you got no idea who's going to get the ball. And even if they do get the ball, are they going to even be good? Um, let's talk about the Browns. So the Browns – a couple of interesting things with the Browns is um, the first quarter, it got exciting. It got They were airing the ball out. Corey Coleman had a beautiful Corey touchdown. Coleman. Then he had a second beautiful touchdown. Corey Coleman's actually like earning his his draft status from this uh from literally the NFL draft. You know, he was drafted pretty high to be an exciting number one receiver and You know, he was a first round pick. Yeah. He, was first time pick. He, yeah. he showed some pretty flashes of that uh, in the early part of the game. The other thing to mention is, again, Josh McCown is hurt. The Browns are now down another quarterback, and we're looking at third-string Cody Kessler is going to be the starter this coming week against the Miami Dolphins. Uh... It's hard
1: to watch. I actually unbelievably have some sympathy for the Browns because you really can't make this stuff up.
0: Yeah, Who goes through two quarterbacks in two weeks?
1: You got McCown come in and absolutely light up the Ravens he defense in the first quarter. He looked great. He lit great. him up. He lit him up. I had to blink when I looked at the score. I was like, are you kidding me? Who's doing this? And lo and behold, of course, by the end of the game, it's it's almost a guarantee that he's going to miss some time with that shoulder injury. So, as of course. And then uh, Isaiah Kroll. Yes. The running back rips off this, like, 80-yard touchdown Huge run. run.
0: So it's absolutely crazy. Is is Crowell is he for real now? Like is, is Isaiah Crowell can we can you start him as a three down workhorse running back? What do you think?
1: Crowell, I still won't really I, I can't get behind him. I, I think that run a stroke of luck and the guy's got a lot of speed and talent but behind the offensive line. He's still a little bit. He's still in my uh, uncertain phase. I will say though, if you're, if you're hurting for running backs, so there are a couple tough matchups this week. You can't really. You're not going to lose. I think if you give him a chance, because they're really going to try and run the football with him. It looks like this year. He's gotten a lot more touches, and he's uh, he's put his outputs a little bit better. I I'd say give him a shot. They're playing Miami this coming week, so he actually might be worth a good look for this week coming up.
0: Do you? I said, would you start Isaiah Crowell over Spencer Ware?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, they're playing the Jets.
0: I'm gonna think. You know, hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know, because yeah, now I'm like, Crowell's call. done some impressive stuff. You know, it's like, are we? Is he up there now? Or are we talking about that?
1: I'm gonna say he still fights Spencer Ware. Okay. The Jets The Jets' defense is good, but I think in the red zone situation, they're gonna try and get the ball to to wear and kind of have him pounded in. And he's also still got a lot more upside in terms of uh, points per reception. He's a great... He can catch a lot of the backfield this here, apparently. So I'd say go with Spencer Ware
0: still. Do you start um, Isaiah Crowell over Rashad Jennings?
1: Uh, I'm going to probably say yes. The Giants running back situation is looking a little it's wonky. M-
0: it's messy. Right it's now. messy. And,
1: and they've actually... The Giants all of a sudden have another wide receiver they can throw to. Yeah. So I think we're going to be looking more at the, the passing game for the Giants than you would for the running. So I'd say go with Crowell. Over Jennings.
0: Okay. Okay. Here, uh, last thing I'm going to mention about this Ravens-Browns game before we move on, Gary Barnage, tight end for the Browns, um, he produced. He had a couple of catches. He didn't drop a donut like he did on the first week. But he was, you know, he was quiet. He didn't get that touchdown. How do we feel? Do we give him another week? Do we try to see how he fits in with this third string? Uh, a quarterback. Like, where are we regarding how long we should wait on Gary Barnage? What do you think?
1: Well, I would tell you. I mean, the Cleveland Browns aren't any better than a house fire right now. I don't know anything <laughs> for sure with that offense, is that happening. I would tell. I was actually looking. At, I have on my my uh, my flow sheet Corey Coleman as a top fantasy pickup, mm-hmm. and I actually have it crossed out. Wow! Because that quarterback situation is so just janky right now. I have. I don't know anything about this they have coming for week three so i would tell you to kind of stay away from that
0: all i know is cody kessler sounds jewish and that's not really boding well for a quarterback in the nfl <laughs> last i checked jews tend not to be tall fast accurate throwing quarterbacks i'm not saying they're not but i'm just sort of like ah, you know usually when i see a guy with the last name green in the nfl he tends not to be jewish
1: if you're, if you're in a deep league and you can, you've can got the roster space, I'd play to stash Coleman because who knows, he might just be that kind of talent where it doesn't matter who's throwing to him, you know, a la, a la Hopkins in uh, Houston, where it doesn't matter who's throwing the football, he's going to produce for you. Yeah. But for right now, I mean, it's not worth trying to start him. I'd say if, you, if you've got a deep enough league, stash him and hold on and wait and see what happens.
0: Okay, all right. That's uh, that's Shaka giving a shout out to Cody Kessler to see he might be something if uh, if you're willing to stash him. Let's move on to the next game on the docket: Cowboys Redskins. I actually watched this with a whole bunch of Cowboys fans. It was they were they were pretty pleased to see a victory for the for the Cowboys. Um, what jumped out at you about this game, Shaka? Anything in particular that hit you right off the bat?
1: Well. Dak Prescott looked a little better in terms of getting that
0: relationship with Dez Bryant going. He still I didn't throw a touchdown, though. Completely still agree. No touchdown. He, yeah, they, he still had difficulty in the red zone. Same thing that happened in week one happened in week two. He got to the red zone, and he just couldn't seal the deal. And But he gets them to the red zone. He, he's able to orchestrate a drive that gets them within striking distance, but he's still not there with being able to just seal the deal on a third down in the red zone.
1: I think it's maybe a confidence issue, which I'm not saying he lacks confidence, but he probably doesn't trust that kind of, that, that rigor you get with practice when you're yeah. doing the same play over and over in the red zone and feel like, all right, I got it down, I just got to get the open man.
0: And so you, I think it'll come with time and experience. And you really nailed it. He and Des Bryant showed up. Okay, he was working hard to get Des Bryant the ball. He threw the ball into some tough coverage. Des went and got it. I mean, there was what you wanted to see from Des Bryant and Dak Prescott happened in that Redskins game, and I think everybody was really excited to see it because all of a sudden it looked real. It was like, oh, this is this could work. Um, he wasn't just checking it down to Jason Witten for most of the game. Even even though, right. listen, he did send it to Witten quite a bit, and that's something else I want to mention. I know Jason Witten. Um, Listen, it's been many years, or at least three or four years, since he's been a huge, viable, tight-end fantasy football producer. But while Dak Prescott is is under center for the Cowboys, Jason Witten is a tasty fantasy football pick. I don't know if he's going to get touchdowns, but he'll definitely get volume from a PPR perspective. What do you think of that, Shaka? That's actually
1: a pretty good call. I mean, you're absolutely right. Prescott still needs to kind of get his sea legs under him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until then, I think, you know... Witten is just the kind of guy who will uh, kind of pull them up a little bit until him and Bryant can actually figure out how to get some actual touchdowns on the board. And even with uh, Ezekiel Elliott looking good in the red zone, he—I mean, still a rookie—he had a fumble, yeah, which is not pretty. No. So I think uh, I think uh, Witten's the kind of guy to keep the ship upright until they get it all together. they got they've got the parts. They
0: just have to kind of put it together. How do you think this running back situation is going to shake out with Ezekiel Elliott and Alfred Morris? I mean, it's clear that the Cowboys want to give Elliott that rock. They want to give him the confidence, the benefit of the doubt. If he has a poor play, they want to send him back out there. But – you can't deny the fact that he's a young rookie and he's been making a few mistakes. And also, this guy has not busted out like an Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, just making magic in his first couple of games. You know, he's he's going through some growing pains. And during this time, Alfred Morris looks pretty impressive. Do you think Alfred Morris is going to start cutting into Ezekiel Elliott's touches?
1: Well, I know this is a relevant question for you because if I recall last year, in our fantasy league, I'm pretty sure you had an Alfred Morris, Matt Jones situation
0: uh, yeah.
1: going on when they had the running back committee. And, uh, you know, Alfred Morris got the last last uh, this weekend. He he scored the game-winning touchdown yeah, against the whole
0: team. And that was I a mean, bit of a response good. to Ezekiel Elliott fumbling it. They gave Morris the ball after the fumble.
1: Which is weird because I think uh, Morris and uh, Matt Jones had the same kind of fumbling problem last year. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it looks like he's kind of got his hands under him. And you know what? If Elliott keeps coughing up the football, he's... He's gonna keep giving Alfred Morris a chance to knock on that door and take the starting job away from him. He's a rookie, so I don't think Dallas is gonna feel too bad about letting him kind of get seasoned and more confident, you know. So he might take a seat if he can't keep the football. Turnovers are big in the NFL, and you know you only get so many chances to cough it up.
0: No, I completely agree. Uh, Let's talk about the Redskins. Um, Okay, this team has got some issues. But they definitely like to throw it. That's that's completely apparent. Kirk Cousins likes to throw it. He's got a lot of great wide receivers. Jamison Crowder, who is definitely, you know, I'm seeing this. We've got multiple teams now that truly like to embrace this three-wide receiver set and take yeah. advantage of all of them. The Jets are doing it. The Cardinals are doing it. And I certainly see this Redskins team doing it, because Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, Jamison Crowder – And then you throw in Jordan Reed at the tight end. These guys are dangerous from an aerial attack, but it hurts them with the defense, man, because with all of that, I don't think the defense got any better from last season. And even though they won the division, I was still skeptical about that Redskins defense. And then you sit there and look at all the ability that Kirk Cousins has to throw the ball, and then he has a red zone interception in the fourth quarter that pretty much cost them the game.
1: That was so brutal, and I think that really... Kirk and this is what we said last week where Kirk Cousins hasn't won really some a significant game and I no. think it just really showed like he just has this uh, inconsistency, you know, that rears his ugly head at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. He's got a great tight end in Jordan Reed who I mean really should be the guy he goes to to bail him out of a yeah. lot of situations. Reed's the beast and mm-hmm. that, that, there are games where he's had Reed in the end zone and it's all practically look automatic where he just throws the football handles the rest and i don't know what's going on with cousins man but he wanted the money you know he wanted the big contract and he's not really playing like a guy who deserves that money so i you're absolutely right though about the three wide receiver set i'm not super sold on jameson crowder but it looks like they're trying to really get him the looks and the targets out there so he's another you know potential fantasy pickup i've got him actually on my watch list just because i want to see how uh the Redskins move forward with the offense if they kind of try to transition things.
0: Joe Jackson's
1: a great wide receiver, but he's more of a home run threat, and, you know, he's not going to give you uh, points, uh, PPR that you're looking for. So I'd say, you know, keep an eye on Crowder, and hopefully he can kind of give Kirk Cousins a little more confidence in terms of uh, throwing the football around because he's got got the guys. He's got the personnel to do this.
0: Now, two other questions I want to... At the end of the game, they brought in the rookie, Josh Doxson, for the Redskins, who had a couple of nice catches uh, just right off the bat, is there any like do you see him sort of getting becoming fantasy relevant at all this season, or is he too far on the depth chart uh, this uh, with the Redskins?
1: I think the Skins are a little bit. I mean, Pierre Garcon's a great possession receiver, and I think he actually he probably deserves a little more uh, of a look than he actually gets in that offense.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I think I think Jackson's kind of a when you put it on the watch list, but he's, you know, a project I think, still for the Redskins.
0: Gotcha. And uh, Matt Jones finally got a touchdown. Are you buying into Matt Jones and the running backs with the Redskins, or are you still not touching him? I'm not touching him.
1: Well, I'm going to bear in mind, I think Matt Jones, I think Matt Jones barely got 10 carries in that game.
0: So, yeah. I mean, he
1: got the touch, but he, he's still not getting enough looks to be an every down workhorse back. So, I'm going to, I'm going to from it. I mean, this year in particular in the NFL, the running back situation is looking it's looking dry. The desert is parched.
0: Dude, tell me oh, about uh, it. I'm I'm having some issues already. A couple of my key running back. I had Jonathan Stewart on a couple of teams, and now he's down. Ooh, I, yeah, it's it's looking rough
1: right this year right now. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Matt Jones is not the guy.
0: No, I I hear you, man. Running backs are, dude. They're one of the toughest positions in fantasy football, and I'm sure in regular football as well. Uh, I, I've been looking myself. I'm trying
1: to figure out all of my uh, my quote unquote fixes are all temporary in terms of matchups and. Uh, you know, with a few injuries that are going on, left and right, there are a couple guys I have kind of listed, but even then, it's still you know, got my fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to find a a, uh, a running back who you who who's a lock, who's just like, ah, eh, he'll be fine. He'll put up a good numbers, right. and I can depend on him, and I don't have to worry about it. God, running backs. Let's uh, let's go to the next game, Saints Giants, which. Proved to be not nearly as high scoring as everybody was hoping it would be. Was there anything in particular that jumped out about this game to you, Shaka?
1: The only thing I can really I mean, kind of applause for is the Giants defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: Giants defense really man, they they swarmed. They they made the things look uncertain out there, which is You know, not something you can do to Drew Brees very often. The guy throws for 4,000 yards every season like it's nothing. So to make him look a little shaky in the pocket to start that game. And Drew Brees is one of my starting quarterbacks. So when I'm looking at his numbers and I'm practically speechless, what is going on? You know, the Giants defense, I checked out the game a little bit later. Uh, They look for real. And they kept even Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram could do nothing on the ground. Yeah,
0: Mark Ingram really disappeared. And I got to ask this, are we – how, is it too early to panic on Mark Ingram?
1: I'm gonna say no. I still have him as the the red zone guy for the Saints, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't really seem to be kind of buying in in terms of anyone else. I think they actually released um one of their running backs. So they,
0: oh, they CJ Spiller! Remember, right after C.J. our our Spiller, podcast yeah. last week, uh, we read that Spiller was cut.
1: That's right. I mean, and it's they got a lot of dead money. They just didn't didn't shucking guys off that they spent all this money on. So I I really don't see them kind of veering away from Ingram. So if you've got Ingram and you really don't have any better options on your bench, I would say stick with him because he's still the red zone guy to look for. Yeah. But I mean the Saints right now, they uh, they just did not look like they had an answer for that Giants
0: defense. Yeah, there was. You know, I looked at uh I was looking back through at some of the highlights and the box scores as well. The the game was marred. With sloppy plays, there were some fumbles, but there was at least three fumbles by the Giants. There were several turnovers by the Saints. Like this big offensive fireworks explosion that we were expecting, ended up just being this sloppy, smack in your mouth defensive game. Where the first touchdown of the game was a blocked field goal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was it was incredible actually. I mean, you know, give uh, again give that defense credit, Uh, and Steve Spagnuolo, he you know he doesn't get the love he he should sometimes get. But, uh,
0: you know. Now, we're.
1: we're
0: uh, we got to mention about the wide receivers for the Giants, though. Odell Beckham, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz. Again, we're I'm, talking I'm about. Here,
1: I'm here fumbling, like looking. I'm like, what's this kid's name? Sterling Shepard. He had 100 yards. He had
0: 100, he had 100 yards. yards. And I think, is that the second straight game? I think it might have been the second. If he didn't have 100 yards in the first game, he came pretty darn close.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I. Give the kid credit. He's a rookie at that. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: As if Eli, I feel like this is what happens to Eli every time. Because if I remember, uh, a couple of years back, well, Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz was relatively unknown until he really popped up in this offense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a bunch of guys who just showed up out of nowhere and just became stars. in the I Giants, mean, before uh, it was Victor
0: offense. Cruz, it was Hakeem Nicks. And yeah, listen, next. and then Odell Thanks. Beckham Jr. took the job from Victor Cruz. Like, they've kind they of gone from great receiver. wide receiver to great wide receiver.
1: Just a bunch of great guys. I, I feel like they just, you know, it's just an academy apparently. But uh, Sterling Shepard looks like he's, he's trying to turn some heads there. So
0: uh, Let me ask you to this. To, if, if you've got to pick Sterling Shepard or Victor Cruz to, uh, to pick up off the waiver wire, if in fact Sterling Shepard's on the waiver wire in your league, who would you pick?
1: I'm still going to go with Cruz. I know he's not probably 100 percent with those injuries, mm-hmm. but I mean the guy's still he's still still a ball hawk. He's still got the, those he runs great routes, and he's a natural athlete. I think Beckham Jr. is kind of taken away, obviously the number one spot from him. Yeah, but he's still a great possession receiver, and he's still he just got a nose for the football. Yeah, but he's Sterling Shepard's just kind of benefiting from just that the the respect that these other two wide receivers he's playing with have to get. Whereas if he's, you know, the real deal out here.
0: Well, I, I, think you're, I think you're absolutely right. He's benefiting from the coverage that Odell Beckham Jr. is commanding. Uh, but he's good enough. I think he's talented enough to make something of the opportunities he's getting. Like, he is catching the ball. He is making something of the passes he's getting. And I think that, uh you know, there's a lot of guys out there who are in his situation who don't do anything with it. And, I mean, Sterling Shepard, you can't deny the numbers so far. It looks very exciting. I'm also thinking
1: about Eli because it's been – it's happened multiple times where Eli will give you 350 yards and then you look at the, the collection of guys who accrued those yards and yeah. like, this guy? That guy? So, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Shepard. But I also uh, – Eli's like probably the most – you know, his – uh he, he, he likes to share the football. He spreads
0: it around mm-hmm. pretty easily sometimes. It's like a good quarterback, man. Shares it with everybody. What about – we talked a little bit about the running backs with Rashad Jennings. What do you think about this running back situation with the Giants? Jennings, Vereen, what which one of these guys should we have?
1: The Giants are probably one of the foremost teams who could give a crap about anybody's fantasy <laughs> outlook, really. They're just like, you know what, we're going to do what we're going to do and everyone's going to kind of deal with it. I really don't know how they sit around and decide who's going to get the ball this game or who's going to be our guy who shines. But they really, man, after, after Tiki and Ahmad Bradshaw, they really have... Cares less about having a feature back. Yeah. It hasn't really hasn't really damaged them too much. No, but I'd I, I wish I wish they would kind of put their foot down and pick a guy. But it's not going to happen. Don't hold your breath. All right, it all depends on what they're running.
0: I still think Vereen is a is a juicy PPR guy. But aside from that, I agree with you. It's hard to trust either one of them. Uh, okay, next game: Niners Panthers. So there was a lot of scoring in this game. Um, Anything that it. anything that jumped out at you about this game, Shaka?
1: Not really, man. You said it from the beginning. You said the Panthers are going to come out. They're going to be angry about that loss. They
0: and they're were gonna angry come out and,
1: just, and just take it out. That's exactly what you said. He, I mean, Cam Newton just—he had. A, I think he threw one pick in this game, but other than that, he looked. Oh, actually, Kelvin Benjamin.
0: Dude, so Kelvin Benjamin angry. is fucking back, man.
1: I need to do my homework on this kid because I mean, he's six five. He's just. He just looks like a giant stick figure with just with gloves on when he goes near the red zone. And, I mean, you know what? He, The kid's money. Dude,
0: he, he looks like he's going to be Cam's favorite target here. He's a go-get-it, okay? Like, even two years ago during his rookie year when he was playing, it was clear Cam started to trust him early and started to trust him in that red zone. And now that he's back, they're not missing a beat, man. I started him in one of my lineups. I think I ended up benching Julian Edelman, and I couldn't be happier. Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> Greg Olson, they are monsters for this offense for the Panthers.
1: Olson had a monster game, too. He uh he had, he had a huge catch. Dude, huge catch Greg
0: that Olsen. Game. Just busted Mo- it open. Money in the bank, man. Greg Olson, You know, and to talk about, you were saying about Cam Newton and the Panthers, I'm going to quote my dad. My dad will always say, whenever there's a great player, you know, he'll look at me and he'll say, hey, don't get him angry. Don't get him angry. <laughs> it's like, don't get Cam Newton angry. He might throw five touchdowns on you. Yeah, Dad's a smart guy. I mean, Cam Newton is just an absolute freak of nature Dude. in terms of just a,
1: a football talent. The guy, the guy's got a laser arm. He's just a big, tough quarterback that can take a hit. And you know, it's you can, he can kill you on the ground. He can kill you in there. He can do whatever he wants out there. Basically, the only person who can beat him is Cam Newton.
0: Dude, he's the MVP. We got to talk about the running back, though. Jonathan Stewart officially Bye-bye. hurt. Uh, at least going to be – I don't think he's done for the year, but he's got a soft tissue injury. You know it's lingering. I'm sure he was probably feeling it a little bit in week one as well. Now they're saying he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Okay, couple things that got mentioned on the Matthew Barry's podcast, which I think are actually pretty important, is Fozzie Whitaker got yes. the majority of the carries when Jonathan Stewart went out. Now, Matthew Barry mentioned this. He says Fozzie Whitaker got the carries – because he was suited up because he plays on special teams, and he's saying that next week they probably want to give The Rock to Cameron Artis Payne because he is the actual bell cow third down running back who they have behind Jonathan Stewart. The only reason he didn't play was because he wasn't suited up. Do you think that Fozzie Whitaker is going to take over Jonathan Stewart's role or this guy Cameron Artis Payne? What do you think?
1: Well, we'll give credit to Whitaker cuz he had 100 yards. Whitaker looked great. However, however, he did have it against the 49ers.
0: Yeah.
1: So as a team That being said, I mean, they're playing the Vikings next week, so when you're in doubt, I always go to the matchups mm-hmm. and that Vikings D is for real. Yeah, it is. So uh even if Fozzie Whitaker is a starter, I don't see him we- getting out uh what he did on the 49ers uh Today. So, so, um,
0: so you're saying at least against the Vikings, don't even touch any of these running backs.
1: And Artis' Kane is actually a speedster. I, I feel like they've really been trying to give him a chance to take that job away from Jonathan Stewart, and he just hasn't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I'm going to tell you to probably hold off on making Fozzie Whitaker that guy. Okay. We're going to see what happens against the Vikings. I think he's going to be one doing all the damage against the Vikings.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, next week, again, man, I. I I really want to give a running back a chance here, but I just can't pull the trigger. It's just I have zero confidence
0: in the ground game, in the NFL this year. Dude, you have plenty of reason to have zero confidence in their ground game. Let's flip to the (laughs) Niners here for a second because they came back down to earth. After that big 28-0 win on Monday Night Football, like the Niners do, like a Chip Kelly offense, they came back down to earth, and they started to show some flaws when they played a legitimate team like the Panthers. Number one, Carlos Hyde looked very pedestrian, and he lost a fumble. Torrey Smith actually got lots of targets and had a decent touchdown. But is there anybody on this offense, from a fantasy football perspective, that you would even want to have? Anybody? Honestly, if you've got
1: Carlos Hyde, I wouldn't say cut him, but I've just never, ever been sold on Hyde. I feel like Hyde's touchdowns have either come against soft defense I agree. or just garbage time. I've just,
0: just, I completely, from jump, I've been really on the fence about Carlos Hyde. And
1: I think, I feel like I've, I've read a lot of blogs and podcasts, especially last week they were really trying to hype him up as this talent, and he's just not really, when, it, especially when it comes to time to just really show, you know, like a, a Todd Gurley's done in the past before, he's just not the kind of guy who's going to slash you on a regular basis. Okay. So I, the 49ers are, they're radioactive to me right now. Okay. And even Blaine uh, Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, just he doesn't really have the tools. I Torrey Smith again. He gets a lot of targets because it's slim pickings out there. So uh, I don't. You, stay away from the 49ers. You, you'd
0: you'd think you'd think Jim Kelly's offense would be explosive and exciting, and now we're sitting here saying don't touch any of them. I to, look and, I mean, how far he's fallen. Bear
1: in mind they're playing Seattle next week. Ooh. Good luck. Good luck trying to have a a, a solid prediction for who's going to come out and just shred that defense because uh, I don't see it happening
0: Sam the Fantasy Buddha says bench all of the Niners <laughs> <laughs> next game on the docket Dolphins Patriots um, you hey. want to s- start us off Shaka so
1: um, are we are we going to talk about maybe Tom Brady's future replacement uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which one are you talking now? about Jimmy Garoppolo or <laughs> Jacoby Brissett
1: well if Garoppolo turned out to be paper soft. We, we might be talking about the latter, but I mean, man, this this kid came out and threw three touchdowns. Dude, the he first
0: looked quarter. great. Garoppolo looked great at the top of the game, man.
1: Just it makes you just wonder. You know how people say nature versus nurture? Is it just a
0: system? Dude, is it
1: just that just that good? You can just put a quarterback in. Even the uh, this kid came in, managed the last thirty minutes of the game, and he, he pulled
0: it out. Yeah, he didn't even look that bad. I I really listen. You know, I've I've heard a lot about this. Is it the system? Is it the quarterback? You can go back and forth on it. We could talk about Brady. We could talk about Belichick. We could talk about Matt Castle. I think quarterback has something to do with it. I think the system in New England absolutely makes it so that these quarterbacks, who maybe have some growing pains or are maybe flawed, they're put into situations where it's not that they don't have to perform, but they have to do their job and do it well. Whereas, you're like, right. listen, you, you take a young quarterback, if you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Cleveland Browns, I don't see him performing well because that team is in such a terrible situation. They're leaning on the quarterback to sort of lift them up. The Patriots hey, are at, sitting here saying, listen, we just need you to show up and do your job. We'll do the rest.
1: I think you're right. I mean, Matt Castle is a prime example because you looked at him at one point and say, hey, man, this guy could take over Tom Brady one day. And, you know, he decided he wanted to forge out there and do his own thing. And now, you know, we're all kind of wondering what happened with that, what happens, and we thought he was that guy. So, you know, the system, absolutely, you got to give credit to the system for just kind of making these guys feel comfortable and really, you know, being able to just take the wheel. So, uh, I, you know, again, I said last week, Bill Belichick is just probably going to go down as – the best guy who ever did it. He he can plug guys in at will and still pull out wins. He beat the Cardinals with practically no one. Dude, You know, oh
0: he my comes God. in
1: this week, beats the Dolphins, quarterback goes down injured, still manages to squeeze it out. I think Garrett Blunt got injured, too. I mean, man, just like Dude, so many guys. Did Blunt get injured <laughs>
0: because he ran all over the place? He had a hell of a game.
1: He did. He Man, just talk about a guy who's tough to bring down, too. Just Garrett Blunt. I, I feel bad because Tampa Bay kind of to
0: shut him off. Uh, you know, I know. I, I, you think about that now, and he's had an entire renaissance of his career with New England. I mean, the guy won a <laughs> Super Bowl! Psst.
1: Yeah, talk about a redemption project. Heyo! <laughs>
0: um, Patriots. Okay, well, let's talk about the future now. So, Garoppolo looked fantastic, but coming up next week... It's a. There's a really good chance they play on Tuesday night or Thursday night against the Houston yes. Texans. There's a really good chance Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starting quarterback. If that is the situation, do you trust any of the Patriots wide receivers? Like, do you start it's Julian Edelman question. if Jacoby Brissett is the starting quarterback? I would tell you to start Julian Edelman just because in a PPR
1: league he's the guy who you know he's going to be that checkdown receiver who comes back and kind of gives. Especially a, a guy who's played 30 minutes of football in the NFL. He's going to need someone to kind of be his the safety valve who kind of gets him a couple yards on a pass. So I would tell you absolutely play Edelman. Okay. Now, I, I don't know much about Jacoby Brissett, but I know he's going to be playing against a pretty good uh, team here. So
0: yeah, that gonna Texans need, defense is going to be ugly.
1: And, I mean, they're, they're looking like they're back to full power now. J.J. Uh, Watt came back last week and had a sack.
0: Ooh, he had a beautiful so, uh, sack.
1: So, you know, he's um, he, he's ready to go, and the Texan team looks absolutely for real. So I think absolutely you want to play in Edelman. They're going to need every little uh, every trick that they have in that Patriots playbook. Now, you better believe
0: Edelman's part of it. What about Blunt in the run game? Now, I would think that they're going to rely a little bit more on the run game, but a couple things to consider. Number one, you can never never predict what Bill Belichick's going to do, and it's always tough to trust the Patriots' Belichick's running backs. And uh, sure. the other thing I want to mention is they're playing a really stout Texans defense that you just mentioned. Is LeGarrette Blunt like a tasty pick, or would you say that he's just as much of a pick as he was last week?
1: I'm going to say LeGarrette Blunt's going to get the red zone looks in this game. I think James White might have more of a, a kind of check down back, mm-hmm. like catching on the backfield uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. But I tell, you, I tell you, you know what, if you got LeGarrette Blunt and you don't have many options... To put in front of him, I'll tell you to give him a shot. I think he's going to have a chance, at least one or two chances, to get some red zone conversions in this game. But okay. I'm just going to be able to get the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. just a
1: question of whether or not Blunt's going to be able to punch it
0: in. Okay, that's. I like that. I like that. I agree. I agree. I got I got Blunt on a couple of my teams, and I think I will use him. Let's shift to the Dolphins. Um, Arian Foster got hurt very early. Uh yes. I, I love him so much, but he's down again. Um, who is going to be the running back? On the, I, there's Jay Kenyan Kenyon Drake came in. I got a six-pack of beer over here I could throw out there as a running back. Who do you think's going to run?
1: <laughs> I like Jay Ajay. I think he had a couple chances last year to really um, get the football and run. He's a tough runner. He's he. I think he didn't get that much of a look because they really wanted Lamar Miller to kind of develop and blossom into this uh, superstar for them, which I, I, I guess they weren't satisfied. They weren't completely uh,
0: yeah, I don't right know now. why because Lamar Miller is making magic with the Texans right now I'm
1: wondering if it was a money situation and I think maybe they got Foster for a bargain I, it, it's a, it, it boggles my mind honestly I don't
0: but know I think
1: um, I think they uh, they they made a mistake with that because Lamar Miller is going to blow up this year I'm really looking forward to seeing how his season uh, ends but I would tell you if you're if you're looking if you're hurting right now for running back which a lot of people are I tell you to give Jay Ajayi a chance
0: yeah, he's I, He's the closest option you got matchup. there.
1: They they have a, a, a bit of a, a softer matchup with the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to try to give Tannehill a chance to to catch his breath and not have to manage the game really as much as he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ex- expect Jay and Giant to get a, a few chances to to punch it into the, the end zone. Okay. They have some pretty good wide receivers out there in Miami. Yeah, Jarvis so Landry. For, Jarvis yeah, Landry looked great. For, Honestly, I'd also tell you to take a look at um, Devontae
0: Parker. Devontae Parker, hundred yards receiving after he missed the first week, he showed up and looked good in that game.
1: Yep, he's back. He got lots of targets, and I think they're gonna. I think they like him as the number one guy out there. So Kenny Stills, Kenny Stills had a touchdown, but uh, you know, I think Devonte Parker is gonna be that guy out there. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, I think Parker might still be on a couple, uh couple waiver wires. So try to pick him up.
0: I agree, Devontae Parker, yummy, yummy waiver wire pickup. Uh, let's go to the next game, Chiefs Texans, which was an awful lot of defense. Uh, you wanted, you were mentioning that JJ Watt play, man, dude. He just, there was a high snap over Alex Smith. It's like he shoved Alex Smith out of the way and just went and gom, 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 gom. Just give me that ball.
1: I think you and I talked last week about Will Fuller, and uh, dude. sure enough. Man, he's really—he's really just a uh, monster. Off of all the attention that DeAndre Hopkins gets out there,
0: dude. Will Fuller—it's—it's so it's on. I'm very happy. It I'm is, very happy with uh, Will Fuller. It is on like Donkey Kong. I, Hopkins um,
1: Hopkins really Hopkins did a great job this week, though. You know, he kind of reminded everyone, "Hey, this is my team. This is my spotlight." You know, he came in and uh, did his thing. But uh, Will Fuller, if you're, you you know—if you picked him up last week tie yourself in the back a little bit because I, I don't think this is a fluke. I think he's going to have a couple chances this year to really uh, to really do his thing, to really shine.
0: I got to give kudos to the Texans offense because they brought in Brock Osweiler. They drafted Will Fuller. They brought in Lamar Miller. Wowza. This offense looks exciting. They look explosive and I like a lot of them in fantasy. I, I'm ready to see what they do next week.
1: Brock Osweiler didn't have an amazing game. He he managed the game He well had a enough. pretty threw,
0: ugly interception at the red zone. He threw two picks,
1: yeah. He threw two picks. But um, I, I think they I think you're right. This offense is just, I feel like they tense up and they're just waiting for a chance to just unleash on some team. Some poor team out there is going to get stomped out by it. Just however you want. How do you want to get beat? You want to get beat in the air? You want to get beat on the ground? You're going to get both this week, and the defense is going to run you over. So I think the Texans is just they're just waiting for some team to really
0: uh, to beat up, but it's going to come. Yeah, I, I totally agree. This team is uh, – Texans are certainly looking better this year than they did last year. Now, the Chiefs – the Chiefs had some interest in – A, the Chiefs looked good on defense, as they do. They've got a, they've got a pretty tenacious defense. Jeremy Macklin got a lot of work. Um, but we got to talk about the running back situation. So Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick West – Spencer Ware got more touches, but now it started to look a little bit more like a committee. It started to look like West was getting more activity. Um, do you, I, I do feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You know, <laughs> last year,
1: Sharkandrick West was... He looked air apparent. There was almost no question about whether or not he was going to be taking over Yeah. The, uh, the starting running back job. And all of a sudden, this year rolls around, hey, Spencer Ware's like I Uh, okay. Yeah. Why did I draft... Why did I draft West expecting something completely different? So I... I, I don't understand. I don't know if these guys are not really getting along with the coaches or if there's just a vote of confidence and it's really not coming through. But I, I'm, I'm throwing my hands up on this one, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why that's where there's not demand the right now
0: again. I mean, I, I think it's a, an exact, this is a perfect picture of what you've been talking about uh, regarding running back by committee. They have a committee. They are using both of them, and I think they want to get both of them touches. They want to get both of them active, and they'd rather have both of them fresh. So if either one of them uh, gets hurt, I mean, they've got the other one as an option. I think Andy Reid is just, you know, hedging his bets with both of them.
1: But I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I mean, if you're going to have to go with a decision, I think we said, uh, I'd say still look at special wear, just because you're going to need a guy who can kind of, who so can just pound the football in terms of the carries, mm-hmm. but uh, I and they're playing the Jets next week, so you you want a guy who can he can carry the rock at least fifteen to twenty times. Yeah, against that Jets defense, and So I would tell you to give us Spencer Ware a chance.
0: Okay, and Spencer Ware still gets those catches. You know, he still did a lot in Week One. Um, let's go to the next game: Seahawks Rams. <sighs> Okay, but the only thing that people continued to say about this game was it was the first game in Los Angeles in 20 years. Yeah, they that's about it. They glazed over the fact that it was one of the b- d- boring slugfest <laughs> defensive punt related games. It, oh my god, it looked awful. There was I saw I mean, one highlight. Money. I saw one highlight of Russell Wilson getting sacked and then they went to the next game. <laughs>
1: game is that
0: Russell Wilson is not 100%. Dude, he is not 100% at all. He does not look very mobile. Thomas Rawls, who has not looked very good, got hurt.
1: I think he was already hurt, and he was kind of coming back from an injury, too, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, but he got, like, I don't know if he got re-hurt or if he re-injured what he did, but essentially he went back down. I mean, the big issue with Rawls was he had that like, gruesome, gruesome ankle injury last year, and they just weren't sure how quickly, I think he's still recovering from it.
1: And this team say it is just, just not say the same it. without Marshawn Lynch. Nope. Just not the same
0: team. It, you it, said it, man. I, I totally.
1: Didn't think, I didn't think they were they would be this glaring, but it really is. It, it's just all the wins
0: have been sucked out of them. Dude, and this whole the magic aerial attack that he had with Doug Baldwin last year. I'm not saying it's gone, but I don't think that was that something they're going to replicate this season. I think that was a little bit of an anomaly that they put together at the end of last season. I don't I don't see it happening. Doug Baldwin came back down to earth. Russell Wilson couldn't do anything. They couldn't run this ball at all. The only saving grace was the fact that the Rams' offense is just as bad, if not worse, than their offense.
1: I think Baldwin had a little bit of an injury scare, too. But if you look, Russell Wilson had, uh, I think both of his ankles were pretty taped up. And he just, the Rams, I mean, they punished him. He got sacked a few times. He got dropped. There was a couple times where he just got blindside hit. So, and you know, even since last year, that Seahawks offensive line
0: is, is like, a bad strainer. You it's really right bad. It. It's really it's like it's so, you bad. Know. It's like the best-kept secret in the NFL. None of these pundits want to talk about it. The Seattle offensive line, really bad. Which is really, when you talk
1: about that scoring anomaly last year, really came because Russell Wilson healthy ankles was just, he looked like a demigod in the pocket scrambling, and he would just throw these miracle shots. And Doug Bolin has just makes sense like on a broken down um play he but he can get himself open he can get away from his defender and just make these big chunk chunk yard you know uh, catches and it's just not happening the, the timing's off the rhythm's off wilson's a little stiff a little slow so it's the magic is kind of gone this year
0: yeah and you know that offensive line i you said it bad offensive line made russell wilson throw the ball faster and scramble out of the pocket last year and now they're not able to replicate that um, I think I think both quarterbacks didn't throw a touchdown. No. I think it was it. Yeah. just, no. I mean, yeah. God, it's. I, I think I'd remember if Case Keenum threw a touchdown.
1: Oh, Case Keenum! I remember him in college uh, being like, I think he had like all these records, but in, in the NFL, just Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. I looked a little on the uh, on the Rams. Oh yeah. I was like, where? Where did this guy come from?
0: Jeff Fisher really Amazing. likes him. Jeff Fisher yeah. really likes him. Just taking him everywhere. Okay. Suitcase, buddy. Todd. <laughs> That was good. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> um, Todd Gurley, is it time to panic? Should we – What? What's? It, how do we need a third week of, of poor performance before we start to freak out? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, go back. I, I couldn't hear you. Say that again. All right, I'm hitting pause. I think I lost Shaka. Coming back. Hang on.
1: All right, well, I'm going to put it to you this way. The Rams' offense looks so predictable that if you're coming to my town, I would tell you I could be your defensive coordinator and I can come up with the strategy on how to stop Todd Gurley. Just load up the box and dare him to throw the football at you because they've got nobody. Yeah, Case Keenum, Keenum, I mean, poor guy. You're in the worst possible situation. I feel like also Jeff Fisher just gets put into these just predicaments where it's like, all right, man, just figure it out us. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about this. Yeah, you got a beast of a running back, and there's absolutely nothing you can do. Yeah, nothing.
0: It's it's. I would tell
1: him. I would follow the Rams. I would air it out every game. Just let Case Keenum just throw it downfield to Britt. I mean, you got nothing to lose at this
0: point. It'd be you know it'd be really great if they had a number one wide receiver. Oh wait a minute, they just gave a bunch of money to Tavon Austin. <laughs>
1: Right, uh, and I dude. mean, we're still trying to figure out what exactly his role is. I think he had like two touches that whole
0: game. Dude, we got to take all of the front office for the Rams out back and just shoot them like old Yeller.
1: Just, I, it's for their own good, really, at this Let, point.
0: Let's move on, just for the sake of our own health, so we don't spend more time Vanity. on that game. Uh, Buccaneers-Cardinals. Okay, I'm going to go ahead
1: and put my hand up, as I was a guy who predicted that Jameis Wolf, uh sorry, I can't even remember his name. I wish I forgot it. Jameis Winston would show up and absolutely steal one in Arizona, which is probably not a good idea, seeing as how good the Cardinals are at home. Mm-hmm. And I am embarrassed to say that he practically just handed the football over to the man. What a what a debacle that was! Yeah. Four interceptions.
0: It got ugly. Fumble, it got real ugly. A
1: fumble, and Carson Palmer has never looked crisper. He just absolutely just was razor sharp and just cut cut this defense to ribbons yeah so yes I was way wrong on this one
0: I mean this was a real this was the Cardinals getting right back into what they were doing last year after that rough game won against the Patriots they were moving down the field with Carson Palmer their defense looked nasty David Johnson was running the ball I mean it was everything they wanted to do and poor old Buccaneers they were the victims of it
1: let's just go ahead and say that every week now we're gonna gush about how great Larry Fitzgerald is yes.
0: at his age Dude, he he looks... I mean, he look. it looks like five years ago.
1: If he gets comeback player of the year, I'm going to be mad just because I don't want it to seem like it's a comeback. He was never really gone. He was just written off.
0: I know. Done. He was written off. They were thinking about ways to cut him because his salary cap was so big, and now... I mean, he's had a. You, you know, need
1: him. You need that man. Do not, do not cut him. How dare you? you I feel him. like
0: this is Super Mario Brothers, and he just found like a extra life that was, you know, invisible until he jumped into it, and it just popped out.
1: I mean, I could just watch touchdown highlights from this guy. It just, and I mean, there were a couple times where he was just wide open. I mean, my goodness, he just—he's such a great route runner. There was one in particular I remember. He did like a little five or ten yard fade to the outside, and the defender was nowhere near him, just completely just. Dazed out there.
0: So, I mean, Fitzgerald still got it. So good at what he does. One of the classiest in the game, and for the most part, unless something else happens, probably going to spend his whole career with one team. Really, just praise for Larry Fitzgerald. I
1: mean, he was already a Hall of Famer, but man, it's just good to see him still just, just rip it up. Good for him.
0: Yeah, and again, to have a good quarterback. You know, it was a while since he had Kurt Warner. Um, Bucket- I, I, yeah. D- D- Bucking
1: the of, You know, redemption projects. I mean, Carson Palmer also. Was a guy I would have written off after his his tenure in Oakland. Yeah, and, dude, I, mean, I thought it was back, over he
0: looked, when, when he was in Oakland. I thought it was over.
1: So perhaps I mean I don't know I don't know what's in the, the water out there, but I'd i like a, a bottle of it, please.
0: Dude, Bruce Arians I think is a big part of that. Um, Buccaneers. Let's talk about Doug Martin. Doug Martin gets hurt. So yeah. again, you know, we're seeing this again. You know, there's 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 injuries to Doug Martin. This could be the start of another season where he's forgettable. Do you think Do you think Doug Martin can come back, bounce back, and be a top-ten fantasy running back? Do you think that can happen? It's,
1: it's hard to say at this point. I, I'm really trying to figure out, uh, what's the uh, prognosis for Doug Martin's injury, actually?
0: It's a hamstring the, uh, injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Here, if, if you keep talking, I'm going to look him up right now and see if I can figure this yeah, out. Yeah,
1: because, I mean... It's, they, they can only rely on Mike Evans for long and uh, Safari Jenkins. They really need a ground game because uh they, they Winston I thought he was ready. I, I honest to God thought he was ready to, to kind of step up and be the man, but he just looked he he overthrew Evans I think on uh, quite a few plays where Evans could have actually bombed out and had a, a, a huge game, yeah. like a monster game. He
0: threw it a but, lot uh, to Evans. Overthrew. That's that's something else. Is Evans is a target monster. Like, he definitely feeds 13 feed or Evans. 15 targets. Yes. Definitely
1: 13 or 15 targets in that game. But he just overthrew him a lot. Like, I don't know if it was a timing issue or he was a little bit shaky out there because of that defense, but he just, he was off. And, I mean, he paid for it. Four interceptions. There was one, I think, was a tip ball, but the rest were just not. He his throws.
0: Mm-hmm hmm that's uh yeah and i'm uh by the way i'm looking up doug martin right now uh they're doing another mri today um it, it seems very uncertain i don't think that they think he's going to be ready for the next game because they're definitely talking about charles sims and jaquiz rogers are probably going to be shouldering some of his burden but it's well
1: he, sims is actually a pretty solid guy see, for them
0: now I, I, would I you recommend going and getting charles sims i'm
1: looking actually to see who their matchup is for next week they're playing the Rams ooh Oof. man this is my goodness this is gonna be an it's gonna be an ugly game next week yes I, I'm gonna go ahead and say early temp is probably gonna gonna air the ball out in this one I'd say give Sims a chance but god man this is it's this been a rough year this is, this is gonna be definitely the, the week we recall as like the, the running back drought has never been more evident
0: yeah yeah.
1: In the NFL, men. But um is Charles Sims who's the other back up there?
0: Uh Jaquiz Rogers.
1: Oh, I remember him. Yeah. this...
0: I mean I don't know. Jaquiz isn't really him. like a bell cow back. He's kind of a no, change he's of not. pace. He's
1: a guy. third down, if even third down.
0: Yeah, and he's a pass catcher, but he's not your if anybody's gonna get the workload, it's probably gonna be Charles Sims, but I I don't know if I can really trust him as a long term replacement for Doug Martin.
1: Once upon a time, I think Sims was a starter out there, but his time is, the sun has set on him as being that, that guy. So I think we're going to have to kind of wait and see what happens with this Doug Martin injury, but uh, it's uh, it's not looking good, and that's right. I'm going to tell you, if you can pick up uh J.A. in fantasy, you're probably going to be a little bit better off with the results.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, let's move to the next game, Jaguars-Chargers. Um... We were wrong about this one. We were totally wrong about this game. I actually gave the Jaguars the benefit of the doubt. Uh, uh, Maybe I should never do that ever again. How stupid of us.
1: Blake Bortles, how dare
0: you? How dare I to think Blake Bortles and his fourth quarter garbage time fantasy points would actually prove to equate to a victory on the road. Um, No, look,
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure I made a couple jokes on, on Danny Woodhead's behalf, and I'm... Absolutely eating my words now. You know, I thought they were going to be dead in the water with no Keenan Allen. Yeah. You know, Melvin Gordon still had yet to kind of really prove himself as the premier back out there. Yeah. And, you know, what happened? Danny Woodhead goes out in the first quarter, and they absolutely light up the Jaguars. Yeah.
0: Travis Benjamin looked fantastic. And Philip Rivers, man. Philip fucking Rivers, man. Come on.
1: Let's not forget. I mean, mm. man... The man, was, the man was a
0: giant for three seconds. Remember, remember, remember my name? <laughs> like, dude, and and Travis Benjamin, they looked, that was, I liked that. There was some good chemistry. There was some good rapport. There was a long, deep bomb touchdown. There was a nice, short red zone touchdown. Like, Travis Benjamin, if he's out there, go get him.
1: I think there's another, uh, Tyrell Williams,
0: too. I Tyrell think- Williams had another long, beautiful touchdown as well. And I'm sort of had that feeling of, okay, I love Phillip Rivers, um, but I've always kind of been like, who is going to be his guy? He either has a speedster, Vincent Jackson, or a Malcolm yes. Floyd, or and then he's got your Antonio Gates. He's got his Danny Woodhead, and then you're never really sure who else is in the mix. Is it Stevie Johnson? Is it Dontrell Inman? Now that I oh, see, man. now that I see Tyrell Williams get a nice touchdown pass in this game, I feel okay saying he's the other guy to go get. I would say I pick him question. up
1: really pushing him, too. They really want Tyrell Williams to be that next guy who's kind of the, you know, a lot of targets, going to be your you know, every snap, kind mm-hmm. of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Travis Benjamin's definitely your home run hitter, yeah. but I think they want Tyrell Williams to be that guy when it's, you know, fourth quarter driving, you need a guy to give you 15, 17 yards, mm-hmm. 25 yards. Uh, he's looking to be that guy. Well, it's, it's I'd tell you he's worth a pickup. Definitely the kind of stash him and see how things turn out next week because you know what I was absolutely wrong on this call, but they're playing the Colts next week, so somebody's going to score. Oh yes, for the Chargers, Colts, Chargers.
0: Is, I listen, unless we, knock on wood, I'm pretty yeah. confident it's going to be a fireworks show. <laughs> uh, Melvin Gordon looked good. Yes, he did. He looked great. He, and I think, considering Woodhead tore his ACL, that's pretty pretty good time to look good.
1: Yeah, I mean now it's. Pretty much a, just a paved road for him to be the running back for the rest of the season. Because I'm pretty, Wood has done for the year. Yes, Woodhead he is. is so I mean, if anything, all Melvin Gordon has to worry about is maybe going to get some Gatorade and letting the guy get the third down run for him every now and then. Yeah, so, this is his job to lose. So uh, if you've got Melvin Gordon in a uh, fantasy, congratulations. Yeah, it's it's the
0: he, is he's officially on, and uh, his poor season from last year is slowly and slowly going into the distance behind him because he is he is exciting fantasy owners this year. Um, I
1: expect him to eat up some uh, eat up some yardage, like against uh, the Colts. No, I agree. You know, it's it's going to be pretty to
0: see. He is definitely trending upward. I'm uh, he's he's starting to dip into top five fantasy running back realm right now, and if he keeps it up, he'll stay there. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Jaguars, Jaguars. Uh, T.J. Yeldon uh, looked kind of poor. I think you know this week it was the same as the as week one. Only his day wasn't saved with a rushing touchdown. Uh, but then again, they didn't really run the ball much because they were down. They got they got down so much so early. I think they just threw it a lot. Um, this
1: is a short summary of what's going to happen for the rest of the year. I'm I'm still a hundred percent not sold on T.J. Yeldon. I don't like him. I will not like him moving forward, and I probably will never like him as a future back. I think he's more of a third-down guy, a spell runner. I, I I know Jacksonville's really pushing him as that guy, mm-hmm. but he did. I feel the same thing happened last year, mm-hmm. where they'd fall behind, and they would completely abandon the run, and in those moments where they did give him the football, he just absolutely gets stuffed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh,
1: his numbers his numbers aren't going to look pretty. They're going to look a little bit grim.
0: I tell so, you, uh, the, I expect more of the
1: same from T.J. Yeldon. Dude, the
0: Jaguars they cannot wait for Chris Ivory to come back from whatever the hell was wrong with him. I think they want him back. Oh now. my god, yeah,
1: the hospital photos I saw.
0: Yeah the the He's mysterious like, oh, okay. non football injury.
1: Yeah, I think his time with the Jets. I I didn't really take Ivory. I didn't appreciate what I did. A thousand yards with the Jets, and I'm sure Jacksonville is practically just drooling to have him back right now. Yeah.
0: They need him. And uh, uh, Allen Robinson was a little pedestrian, but I, I kind of, I'm too high on Allen Robinson. I think he's got too good a track record. He'll, he won't be down for long. And, you know, these I'll games, that. Blake Bortles will throw the ball a lot in the fourth quarter, no matter what, and he's going to get targets. I'll buy you
1: on that. Um, Alan Robinson is that guy who can give you seven, eight catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. It'll happen at, at some point this year, probably multiple times. So I'm not going to write off and He's a legit, legit threat.
0: Okay. Uh, let's move to the next game. Falcons-Raiders. Um... This was a good game. This, this was, was a, a good, really game. good game. And, I mean, I don't know who you picked for this. I was wrong. I picked the Raiders. I didn't think the I Falcons... Picked, I,
1: I went with Derek Carr as well. And you know what? I don't regret the pick because Carr looked absolutely great. Yeah. couldn't
0: pull out the win. No, it, it was a real nice shootout. I Kudos to the Falcons for looking that impressive on the road. I think they've had Matty issues... Ryan. They've had issues going out to the West Coast and performing on the road. But Matt Ryan looked good, man. He
1: looked great. There was a couple passes where, I, I mean, just, man... He, he, he
0: nailed it. Yeah. And, uh, of
1: course, then you've got, you're got you throwing a Julio Jones.
0: Yeah, and Julio is Julio. He did exactly what you wanted him to do. He keeps producing. He's fantastic. I mean, what else could you want?
1: And uh, speaking of running back issues... Oh, boy. Man... Kevin Coleman. Kevin Coleman is lurking Who's the, at that starting
0: job right dude, now. Dude, what is going on there? It is Devontae Freeman, <laughs> Tevin Coleman. It is a complete split. I got no idea who to have. I, I mean, I've already got Devontae Freeman on one of my teams. Do you drop okay, him? You, Coleman. I, I I, No idea. No idea what to do here.
1: And you know what Coleman had? I, I think it was a recession where he just fought for the yardage and just Jammed his hand in there for the touchdown. It was pretty. It looked like what a starting running back should be doing. But yeah. at the same time, I think back to Devonta Freeman, who was an absolute freak of nature last year. I mean, you so said I, it,
0: you said it on last week's podcast. He was Jesus in pads.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's just hard. I, I, I don't understand. I wish I was a fly on the wall at these running back meetings where they're sitting and they're like, "We're going to give this guy the nod this week," mm-hmm. so I could come down and go, "Why? What has changed? What has?" become so different that all of a sudden Tevin Coleman is now the man and I mean he looks like he's earning his keep yeah so and you know
0: it's looking like slowly and I think over the course of the season Tevin Coleman's going to take the job
1: I'm 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 not cutting Tevin Coleman anytime soon I literally have him stashed and I'm kind of hoping it happens because I need a running back who's going to come out and and just beat it up but uh wow I mean just another running back by committee situation
0: yeah I'm I'm definitely going to say I agree with you Go get Tevin Coleman and stash him, because his stock is rising. If he's still out there on your waiver wire, now's the time to scoop him up. From a t- I'm looking to
1: see what the uh, matchup is for next week.
0: Uh, I'm trying to see. Who- no, uh, Falcons matchup next week? Monday Night Football against the Saints.
1: Ooh, oh yeah. This, that's going to be... Have fun. Have fun trying to figure that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, Jacob Tammy, tight end for the Falcons. Two straight games getting a lot of production, is he for real? Is he a legitimate fantasy football tight end?
1: I'm going to lean, yes. I mean, he looked good. I mean, he's a, a tough kid. I, he, he took a couple hard shots and just kind of bounced off, you know. So, I mean, they, they need a guy who's really going to come. I think also, I never really give him much thought. Uh, Matt Ryan, after he lost, uh, you remember that tight end who's a Hall of Famer legend? Oh, Mr.
0: Tony Gonzalez?
1: You know only Tony Gonzalez. You know, you know
0: that course. guy.
1: He was so humble that you kind of realize, hey, wait a minute, Matt Ryan's something's changed. He, he as lethal as he was when he came in. I remember the first two years, you could absolutely you, could, you could bet that the house on Matt Ryan. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden he's 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 an unknown quantity. All of a sudden, I think I think the tight end might have been the missing piece. And this kid, if he can keep up this consistency, we might be seeing. The Matt Ryan of old come back. He threw t- three touchdowns
0: this weekend, dude. That's which I mean has been an issue for him. Which which is so funny because Matt Ryan has kind of been an interesting uh, you know subject over you know throughout his career because he started so hot and his yeah, his performance t- has truly dipped over the last couple of seasons. So now we're almost feeling a little on you know out of sorts to see him perform and step up the way he did. He looked great.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you pointed out. The, the absolute right diagnosis I think uh, a tight end was what was missing in his game and if this guy can produce and just be that man who makes the big catches for him and kind of just really takes some of the, the pressure off of Julio Jones
0: yeah no I agree we, we, we
1: got a problem in Atlanta
0: I agree I uh, listen that's that that's hey Dan Quinn seems to be doing some some of the right things for the Falcons. Um, real quick, before we run off the, uh, the Raiders, like you said, everything looked good. Uh, Derek Carr looked good. Um, Amari Cooper Amari got his. Cooper. Michael Crabtree got a touchdown. Um, Clive Walford is a... I don't know if he's a legit tight end yet, but he's definitely getting some work with Derek he Carr. He had a big game.
1: He had a, couple big, he had a couple big clutch catches for them. He's, he he's them in the game.
0: He's definitely making the tight end position in Oakland a legitimate fantasy you know prospect. Yeah. Um, The running game is the thing that makes me – Latavius Murray had a touchdown. He looked good. But there's definitely – he's sharing carries with uh, Jalen Richard and uh, DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard. Those guys are all sort of sharing the ball a little bit. Do you feel like Latavius Murray is going to kind of disappear in the mix of those guys over the course of the year? I think –
1: I think Latavius Murray's still the guy. Okay. I, I kind of feel maybe that they're running back like to baby. The carries are split a little bit differently here. Maybe just to keep Latavius Murray fresh throughout the season.
0: Okay. He's so definitely getting great Murray's PPR work. Guy. Latavius Murray gets – I'm going
1: to say yeah.
0: – he, he, he had a lot of nice catches out of the backfield. He got a lot of uh, receptions. Like I still think Latavius Murray is the guy who's going to be doing the most fantasy production.
1: And that's fair, because that's something I don't really think about, Um, his value as a receiver in the backfield. I don't, I, I don't watch enough of Oakland to really kind of see just the depth of um, Murray. But I, mean, I think, yeah, he, he's getting enough touches out there that you can kind of rest assured that he's going to be that guy. You'll definitely see it, a Jalen Richard every now and then, but not enough that you're going
0: to have to kind of hit the panic button. I mean, I I don't watch enough of the Raiders either, but I saw enough highlights to be like, oh, there's something else going on here. And and besides, it's you and I who watch the games and get all the stuff to tell everyone else who's listening what they missed. Isn't that right, Shaka? Absolutely. Uh, Let's move to the next game, Colts-Broncos. Okay. Yeah. Let's start us off, Shaka. What jumped out uh, about this game for you?
1: Well, I said it last week, and maybe I was being a bit dramatic, but I was genuinely afraid that we might be talking about an injured Andrew Luck this week. And, I mean, man, he just – the poor guy just took a beating. Yeah, he did. But that Broncos defense is
0: – They're is for real. Savage. They they won a Super Bowl, and they have not missed a beat right now. They lost some guys, and I thought that was going to take away some of their ability. But, I mean, Von Miller – even. He essentially replicated that Super Bowl strip sack, you know, fumble recovery touchdown with Andrew Luck just the other day.
1: I mean, we're going to be talking about Week 7. Luck is still going to be having nightmares about the Broncos' defense. Ooh, boy. I do not even going to know who the next matchup is. Oh and There were a couple goodness. of those blindside hits where I was just, oh my Ugh. gosh, he he got swarmed consistently. You're watching uh, the replay and, you know and
0: you're just like, ooh, ooh.
1: Uh, the, 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 their offensive line is... Just dude, that, dude, that, that Colts
0: offensive defense. line is atrocious.
1: I mean, if Andrew Luck just uh, gets injured... And say maybe if he gets injured, let's say he gets injured and he's got to lose a significant amount of time. I really think they've got to hold someone in the front office accountable for just putting him out there every week and just letting him take this kind of abuse. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. You have a franchise quarterback, a guy who should be your quarterback for the next decade, just getting pounded up there week by week.
0: Like just go out there. Somebody spend way too much money on offensive lines. That's that. Do what the Cowboys are doing. Go get some of the best offensive linemen out there and just pay them more money than they deserve. It makes a difference. And you know what? Credit Andrew Luck for going out
1: there and battling every week. But there's only so much you can do as a quarterback to really keep your team at it. They just they really did not have a chance out there.
0: You know. And can I ask you who? What other offensive players? on that Colts team are worth having. You know, because you got T.Y. Hilton, who got 11 targets but really only had four catches for 40 yards. You had Dante Moncrief, who got hurt and really only had one catch. Philip Dorsett's your third guy, but I don't really know if you can count on him to be super consistent. And then you've got Frank Gore as your running back. Like, aside from Andrew Luck, or, you know, I don't know if I really... Like, T.Y. Hilton's good, but, I mean, two straight weeks, I haven't really seen much.
1: Hillman only goes so far. I think if you're a fan of the Colts, you kind of have no choice but to rely on Philip Dorsett as that next guy to really to really pick up the slack. Frank Gore mm-hmm. is... So we're seeing the down year of Frank Gore. He had a touchdown out there, but I mean,
0: that's... Yeah. He had a like touchdown, a but he also kind of he also lost the red zone touchdown to Robert Turbin.
1: Yes, Turbin looked great out there. I don't know if um, we're going to have to wait and see. if this emergency turnover is going to be a week-to-week thing. It'll it'll but be
0: interesting to see if they start splitting carries more and more between the two of them as the weeks go on.
1: Absolutely, and Dwayne Allen at the tight end position, his numbers are. It's going to be it's going to be hit or miss. It's going to There's be hit or miss. Lot.
0: I'm already That's starting to look to for optimistic. I'm already starting to look for other options uh, for Dwayne Allen because listen, great week one, and then a very a very typical pedestrian tight end stat line for week two
1: which is going to be kind of his line for the rest of the season. You're going to have one great week and another one where you're going to go. I could have gone with any else, literally, and done better.
0: Now, Broncos offense. So I thought Trevor Simeon, listen, I like him. I think he looks competent. I think he certainly is competent enough to command that team. Uh, but he is still a young Quarterback who needs to learn who needs to learn the ropes. He's still doing checkdowns, and I guess what I'm asking is: Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, how much can you count on them now? Demarius Thomas, he had five catches for 90 yards. He got work, but can yeah. can you count on this? You know, I don't know if I can count on them being juicy fantasy football, you know, payoffs week after week like they've been the last couple of years with Peyton Manning under center. Uh, I mean, I see their stock dropping. What do you think about those two wide receivers?
1: Uh, in regards to Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely. Uh, Sanders has always been a great possession receiver. But uh, I would actually tell you to hold on to Demarius Thomas and give him another shot. Mm -hmm. Thomas uh, actually had one really big catch, and he broke it for a a big run. So that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of his his 95 yards comes from. But I think uh, one of Demarius Thomas' biggest credits is his uh, his run after the catch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, they're going up against Cincinnati next week, and, you know, Simeon still looks raw, absolutely. Yeah. But they're going to have no choice but to... To really throw the football. That defense for the Bengals is gonna give uh our, our boy CJ Anderson a little bit of trouble. Yeah. But I think they're gonna have to have uh Demarius Thomas get more targets than he has been mm-hmm. if they're gonna win a football game. I mean, so expect them to get at least ten to twelve targets the next game.
0: It's the same thing with the Cowboys. They gotta get that ball to Demarius. they gotta get it to Des Bryant, they gotta get it to Demarius Thomas. Absolutely. And uh it's okay to be a little bit hesitant about. Thomas not so much I, I completely agree and of course last thing to say C.J. Anderson he's the man don't need to take it such away pretty runner. start that man such again a such a pretty runner and, and you know what with with Trevor Simeon under center C.J. Anderson is still going to be shouldering most of, the, most of the burden for this offense
1: I think he's okay with that yeah
0: I think he is uh, <laughs> Packers Vikings Sunday night football um, my first reaction was Sam Bradford looked good
1: hey you know what if uh, if you guys were listening to the podcast last week and you heard us mention this kid, uh, Stephen Diggs.
0: Stephen Diggs.
1: I hope you were listening because oh. uh, I I played Stephen Diggs. I don't know about anybody else, but Stephen Diggs balled out. This
0: Damn, kid, you played Stephen kid, kid, Diggs.
1: This kid came to play, Damn. and uh, he he's the number one receiver out there. I remember last year, I really was I was really high on Stephen Diggs last year, but I don't think he really won over the uh, the Vikings staff. He had a couple big games, but They kind of shelved him for the rest of the season. He just didn't have the same – he didn't get that many targets. He didn't get the same
0: attention. No, I agree. I I recall that happening. Like, he had a couple of hot games, and then they they sort of put him in with everyone else, and his numbers dipped. And I was kind of like, what are you doing? This guy's a talent.
1: And if I recall, Mike Wallace was the guy out there at the time, too. So I think they weren't really sold on Diggs yet. But Mm -hmm. now he's got no – Dude. No one in the way. There's a couple of injuries at the wire receiver position, so he's been put up as the number one. And him and Bradford, I mean, great job, guys. Dude, uh, they looked
0: fantastic. My, I it was foaming at the up, mouth yeah. when they were throwing those long passes. I was sitting there going, thank God I've got Stephen Diggs on like two or three. I got, I got him stashed on a couple of teams. I'm going to put him in the starting lineup next week, and if any leagues out there have him on the waiver wire, go get him.
1: I don't know how that's even possible, but, I mean, the kids are going to be getting at least – 12 to 15 targets a week. Absolutely. He's going to have to look. Bradford's got to look in his way. He's got no one else out
0: there. Absolutely. Um, okay, we got to talk about Adrian Peterson getting hurt. Yes. Um, so he went down, and now this is the same question that's happened in years past. Whether it was Peterson tearing his ACL or getting suspended for beating his kid with a switch, what running backs are you going to pick up to repair uh, to replace him? So there's Matt Asiata and there's Jarek McKinnon. I have thoughts Whoa. on it, but I want to hear your thoughts, Shaka.
1: Well, as far as I know, uh, Alziata's been getting all the red zone
0: looks. Correct. But
1: uh, he's not the every down back that you want. I mean, you can't really replace an Adrian Peterson. And that injury, it didn't look as bad as you would think. But Mm -hmm. when he got up and he just went back down on one knee, you were like, man, something's really, really wrong.
0: Yeah. He does not look okay. I I don't know. I mean, essentially, you need two backs to replace what Adrian Peterson does. But... You know, from a fantasy standpoint, if you had to pick, who would you get?
1: I'm going to say, I feel they're going to give uh, this kid, Jarek McKinnon, a chance to to try. Not succeed, but to try and emulate Peterson does in the field. So I would tell you, if you, got, if you have a place, go out and pick up Jarek McKinnon.
0: Yeah, my, my instincts are saying Jarek McKinnon, too, because I can't. Like, Matt Asiata, it's like a home run hitter. Is he going to get the red zone touch, and is he going to get in for the touchdown? Because if he's not, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to be worth anything to me. Whereas McKinnon, we at least feel confident he will get touches in Peterson's absence.
1: And to be perfectly honest, I'm very curious to see how much confidence the uh, the Vikings coaching staff has in Bradford
0: mm. when they get
1: to the red zone. Are you going to try and throw it?
0: Mm. And, you know,
1: and like I said, Stephen Diggs looks... The real deal. He can do short yardage, he can do deep passes, he can run after the catch. So they have a few options in the passing game in the red zone. So look to maybe yeah. see Adriana get a couple looks, but they might try to go
0: for this. I thing. mean, they. Uh, Sam Bradford threw a red zone touchdown to Kyle Rudolph.
1: Yes, and they also have Kyle Rudolph. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right.
0: I mean this Vikings team, man, you know, if Sam Bradford can keep doing what he did uh against the Packers. They can do some things. This They're is 2-0. a this would this is a legitimate playoff team if they can keep this up. They can do some things out there. That Vikings defense. Oof, so okay, real let's switch to the Packers real quick. Let's talk about how the Packers looked very mortal. They were succumbing to the Vikings defense. They had turnovers. Aaron Rodgers could not get the ball down the field. Uh, the run it was game a tough is tough. For- it was a tough loss. But I was I was sitting there going, you know what? This is a Packers team that has dominated this division for years, and this Vikings team is really giving them a run for their money.
1: <laughs> it was a stonewall wall out there, and you know they had a couple, a couple flashes. Jordy Nelson looks a little bit better this.
0: Week. Yeah, he does.
1: A little a little healthy, a little crisper. That's going to be a big fact they're moving forward on mm-hmm. whether or not they can kind of get their offense doesn't seem to be up and running no it doesn't it, it hasn't stretched its wings yet so they 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 need a little more time uh, to get it together and I, I have full faith in aaron Rodgers that he can do it yeah but they ran into a really good vikings defense and i think they just clamped down on them in some key moments and i gotta and held on for the win
0: i gotta highlight uh packer's offensive line little dodgy little dodgy. There's There were some issues on the offensive line that I think uh, caused trouble for Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? Vikings defense, which is nasty and chewing up guys, you know that can be the difference maker in a game. And I mean, this, this was, wasn't a three-point game. I think it was 17-14. It was close. Yeah, it was very
1: close. It, it came down to it. And I think last week, Rodgers kind of bailed out of the defensive line with some nifty moves. Mm-hmm. scrambling mm-hmm. out of the pocket. And he had that one touchdown throw where he looked like he was tackled. I don't even know how the football came yeah. out of his hands. But it really, the magic wasn't there this week.
0: But then and again, they, they last week's game was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this week they played <laughs> the Vikings. It's true. It's, it's a night and day uh, difference. Night and day difference. Okay, we are at the final game of the slate, Monday Night Football. My Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chicago Bears. Carson Wentz, 2-0. and Give me some thoughts about the game, Shaka.
1: Well, I raised my eyebrow because I was saying, I was like, when are we going to get to this game? (laughs) But after a while, I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait for it. Now, um, I said it last week, I don't like Jay Cutler. And I was right. I'm absolutely right. Jay Cutler is Jay Cutler.
0: Wait, he didn't turn the ball over enough for you?
1: Okay, so what did I say last week? My prediction was what? Two two, two interceptions in a fumble, I was off. It was one interception and a fumble. So close. I was close. Off by an interception. So close. I was off by an interception, but my point stands. Jay Cutler is a goof. Dude. So much talent in the world, but man, he just, ah, it's so hard to watch.
0: You know, I... And I think he got hurt. Didn't he get hurt? He, he got, got hurt? he got hurt. I watched him leave the game. Apparently he hurt his thumb, which doesn't sound like that big a deal, but when you're a quarterback who's got to grip the ball, a thumb injury can be a big deal. It was... And uh, <laughs> and I mean
1: the running game just wasn't there in moments, at least for Langford. Langford had a
0: touchdown. He but he, he had he a didn't, he had a red zone one yard touchdown, but then he had a fumble in the fourth quarter.
1: It was rough, man. That, that all around that that Bears team, it, yeah. it's it's coming
0: apart at the hinges. Yeah, like. the one positive is that Langford is pretty clearly the running back. They are giving him the ball every down.
1: Yeah, I would I would say that's the one thing is to not worry about. I think Langford. Langford's a lock. Yeah, and Alshon Jeffrey right looks great. Like
0: Alshon Jeffrey looks fine. He did exactly what you wanted him to do. He had a couple of huge pass plays. A Couple of them were beautiful. Like Langford and Alshon Jeffrey, no complaints whatsoever. Those guys are doing exactly what you want them to do. The Eagles, hey oh baby. Carson Wentz, hey. man. There was a lot of yeah. conservative West Coast offense, short throws, but he was prepared. He looked poised. He looked calm, even in later in the game when things got a little dicey. He Made good decisions. I'm liking That's really what I'm what seeing. It boils down to. Manage the football
1: game. You don't have to be Jesus Christ superstar, but you got to make don't turn the ball over, mm hmm. You know, and just make good decisions on the field. That's... And at this point, it, it looks like, it, in terms of just a cerebral and a thoughtful player, Carson Wentz is doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of letting everything else you
0: know, fall into place. I tell you, as an Eagles fan, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. There is a stat at the end of the game. Apparently, Carson Wentz is now the first quarterback ever to start his first two games, win both of them, and not turn the ball over at all.
1: Which is... Okay. It's pretty It's pretty impressive. It's pretty it's impressive. Pretty, I, I didn't even notice that. I knew he had no, uh, no turnovers or uh, no interceptions, but uh, you know what? Kudos, man.
0: Dude, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, and Jordan Matthews? He's getting plenty yeah. of work. He's good. They use him in multiple ways. They used. I mean, uh, he had a good day, and that is including a like beautiful forty yard touchdown catch that went through his hands that he dropped. That Carson Wentz gonna happen. put That's on target.
1: Happened, but I think I think it's signs kind of a uh, just you got good things to look forward to with those two. They have. They seem to have the chemistry. It's mm-hmm. just kind of working it out on the field. So I think they're going to be okay.
0: It's uh, dude. This is this is really exciting. As an Eagles fan, it's very exciting to see this cohesion. Granted, they're you know they are two and zero. They did play the they did play the Browns and the Bears, but yes, a lot of things to be optimistic about. Um, the, Brian the, Matthews had two touchdowns. Yeah, he had two
1: touchdowns. Yeah,
0: and he's getting a lot of work. But they brought Sproles in more. Sproles was more involved in this game.
1: They they like the how do you feel about that? I, I'm I feel like Sproles is kind of not just vampiring away a lot of uh, touches from Matthews. I think he might be throwing off the rhythm a little bit, but I don't know.
0: What do you think? I I like what he's bringing to the table. I think that they, the one thing that stuck out was the, the offense looks so much more like a traditional NFL offense that everything of Chip Kelly is gone. You know, they're, they're bringing the play clock all the way down to one. Um, they're bringing in Sproles as a change of pace. You know, Sproles, I think, even got more carries than Ryan Matthews. Um, I like what he what he offers. I like the change of pace. I like them sharing the workload. Um, I like the shiftiness that Sproles can bring in because, you know, Sproles can be a little bit more of a speedster with a screen pass than Ryan Matthews can be. Um, sure. The thing that gets me is that none of them are really sort of these huge, hard, pounding backs. You don't have... A big, thick, huge Arian Foster amongst any of these guys, um, and the injury history with Ryan Matthews is what scares me. Is I think Ryan Matthews can be fantastic, but can he play 16 games? You know, he might break a collarbone by week six, and all of a sudden, your starting running back is Darren Sproles. Really? Ew.
1: I've wondered. Uh, I, I I was super high on Darren Sproles when he uh, he got drafted by Kansas State. I was a big fan. I actually watched a bunch of those games just because he. If you've seen his body type, he's a guy. But he's got giant, just workhorse legs, and he's so fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I felt like he's always been misused his entire career, even to the point now where I'm not sure what exactly his role could be. But you know what? He, I, I think the Eagles, the they're, they're really sold to him. They really like what he brings to the table. And I think they're going to try and put him into a lot more packages yes. and opportunities to really just confused defenses. And, I mean, you know what? So far it's worked. It's really kind of thrown a couple of uh, basically wrenches into the defenses as you trying to figure out, one, what this guy is going to do, and, two, how to stop such a speedy, tough – he really is a tough runner. He can't really take as much typical running back. Mm-hmm. But he's not afraid to run in there and, and take ahead. So
0: you, you know, I you knew, you had mentioned almost that he was slowing down their offense. I, I kind of like what he brings. I like the fact that he's offering those other options. And, you know, you said it. He threw wrenches into the works with the defense because you're changing the whole look when you bring him in. And he just has so much ability to do so many different things in space that I mean, I like him. You you said it. I want to see you know. I want to see the Eagles put him in more packages and change things up even more.
1: Well, you can guarantee we're going to see that next week. It's going to be a that's a, the litmus test next week. The, yeah, the definitely. Real, the the Steelers, Steelers. I mean, the defense there looks a lot better. Well, so we're going to see how they handle Sproles one and two. Wentz, who's not going to willingly throw into uh uh, dicey situation.
0: Yeah, and, and that's certainly against the Steelers. It'll be their, their biggest challenge yet. So here, we we went through our docket of games. Everyone, thank you for listening. We broke them down. Hopefully you got some good fantasy tips. You got some good updates on games you may have seen or may not have seen. Uh, we like to bring you up to speed here on the podcast. We are now, Shaka and I are going to do our pick em for this next week's slate of games. Shaka, let's start out with Thursday night, Houston Texans at New England Patriots, Gillette Stadium. Who you got?
1: I'm excited about this game. A little less now that we know that Garoppolo is going to be hurt. But uh, Houston, man, Houston, Houston looks for real. I'm I'm scared to play this team if I was anyone else. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Houston in a close one. I, I, it's hard to go against the Patriots. Wait, hang on a second. Let's hold that thought. Are they playing <laughs> in, in Foxborough?
0: They are playing in Foxborough.
1: Ooh, I might have to pull it back a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, we're going to go Patriots. Oh! Let's go Patriots.
0: Jock is going with the Pats!
1: You're, you're on the road. It's not quite the same, and you got to deal with the Foxborough crowd.
0: And that's a nasty yeah, crowd, we're gonna, man.
1: We're going to go Patriots in a close one. i field goal.
0: I'm going to go contrarian. I am going to go with the Texans. Uh Ooh, I think, you, buddy. Dude, I think with that defense, they are super nasty, and even though they're going to Foxborough, they're going to be playing this third-string quarterback even if Garoppolo's playing, I still think the Texans are going to wreak havoc on the quarterback situation, and I think, I agree, I think it will be a close enough game because Bill Belichick prepares his team so well that even a Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett-led offense will still be in the game, but I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to the Texans on the road. I'm picking Houston. I'm okay being wrong with this one. All right. I, I like I like it when we disagree. Um, <laughs> next on the slate... Cardinals, Bills, in Buffalo. Who you got?
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Cardinals, uh, you know what? I learned my lesson. I think I have actually wrote, I have a parenthesis here. I wrote never again. Never again. Never
0: again. <laughs>
1: never again will I doubt Carson Palmer and the realness. I'm going to go Arizona. They're going to come in here and, I mean, the defense is great. And Buffalo looks a little bit hapless right now. I don't know what's going on with that offense coordinator situation, but they better get it together because Arizona's not going to wait for them to get it together. i would say Arizona wins this one.
0: I completely agree. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. I think this fast-paced, clicking, Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer offense is going to chew up, spit out, and mop the floor with Rex Ryan's bills. I think Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins will do the best they can, but Cardinals are going to beat them like a drum. Um. Next on the list: Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Who you got? This is gonna be fun, to watch. This is a hell of a game. I had trouble picking this oh, one.
1: I still gotta go, Denver, man. That Denver defense, speaking of just ferocious, I, I've watched them just. They gave.
0: They gave. Sorry, not Carson Palmer. They gave. Uh, our buddy here, Andrew Luck. The or Cam sorry, Newton. Not
1: Andrew Luck. Cam Newton, they get Cam Newton fits. So we're uh we're gonna be watching Andy Dalton, who is actually a pretty good game manager, mm-hmm. try to keep try to keep those guys at bay and I just don't see it happening. And I see them bottling up A. J. Green and hoping that he he gets some help out there. I don't see it happening. And let oh, just not forget that their present running back situation is not pretty. Mm. So it's it's Denver for sure in this one. Well, hopefully the quarterback situation for Denver kind of resolves itself a little bit because that secondary is not bad at all Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Denver in a close one
0: I'm also going to go contrarian on you I am picking the Bengals for this game I'm going with the home team I think the Bengals have a tenacious defense in themselves that they will wreak havoc on Trevor Simeon in that run game and I think the home field advantage is going to tilt just a little bit in the Bengals favor I'm going to go against you and I'm going to pick the Bengals
1: Ooh, okay, buddy.
0: Yeah, next up, Cleveland Browns-Miami Dolphins for the schlock game of the week. Who you got? (laughs)
1: Ah, man, I don't even...
0: This is not Shaka's game of the week. (laughs)
1: This is not my game of the week. Uh, Miami wins this one easily. Oh, Cleveland, I feel so bad for them. Is it it crazy for me to wonder? I almost wonder if there's a betting line out there, if we're going to see Terrell Pryor at quarterback at some point during this game. Because uh, the, the attrition rate for quarterbacks in Cleveland right now is looking pretty bad. It's it, um, it's
0: looking really bad.
1: I'm going to say Miami wins this one for sure. Cleveland's just Cleveland's got nothing, man. They 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 they're falling apart.
0: Dude, I'm I'm completely with you. I uh, I feel that uh, I even think the Miami Dolphins defense is a decent fantasy pick going up an unknown quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I think the Dolphins. I'm so glad you reminded me, dude. If
1: you're ever looking on the waiver wire. That Miami defense is looking pretty – they're actually looking pretty good regardless. They've they, they got some solid numbers mm-hmm. comparable to uh, some of the other bigger defenses out there. But Cleveland, this should just be they, – they're, they're looking at the chops right now.
0: Dude, I'm picking the Dolphins as well just because Cleveland is such a mess right now. The Dolphins will be at home. I know they've been a little sloppy, but I think they have enough offense to put it together and squeak out a win. Uh, I am going – I'm agreeing with you, picking the Dolphins. Next up – Lions Packers in Green Bay. Who you got?
1: I think Aaron Rodgers shows up. I think Aaron Rodgers is a little, little eager to get the wheels, you know, nice and solid back on this ride. And I think he goes in there and throws three touches on Detroit,
0: and uh, comes out with a W. I'm with you at home in Green Bay. I'm picking the Packers as as much as the Lions can uh, can give them trouble because it is a little bit of a division rivalry. I think Aaron Rodgers, don't get him angry. He's going to be angry. He wants a win, and he's going to come out and chew them up.
1: I'd say look for a big game from Jordy Nelson, too. I think he's going to come in and feast.
0: Nice. I like that. Jordy Nelson, big game. That's big game prediction by Shaka. He's getting healthy. Um, Next up on the docket, Oakland Raiders, Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Who you got? This is a
1: tough one. This is actually a pretty tough call. This is a tough call, too.
0: I I had a lot of difficulty.
1: I don't want to write off Tennessee entirely, but like we talked about earlier, man, they've got some weapons there, and I think DeMarco Murray, if he really gets a chance to kind of open up the uh, open up the switches, he can really can put a hurting on you if he gets a chance. Marcus Mariota, you know, uh, just a great quarterback when he has enough time to throw the football and look downfield. He has enough weapons. He's got a great tight end out there. Open defense isn't bad. But they can give up some points, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go. I mean, I still like Derek Car though. I think, and I think Oakland lost a tough one, and they really want to kind of get back on track. They, they're, they're, they're a the real deal. So I'm gonna go Oakland over Tennessee. Okay, they're gonna come in and take this one.
0: I, uh, I completely agree. This is an extremely hard game to pick because they're both sort of. You know, Tennessee's trending upward, Oakland's trending upward. You know, I don't know if I can count on Oakland going on the road, but I don't know if I can count on Tennessee at home. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick the Oakland Raiders on the road. Uh, I think that offense is too explosive for Tennessee right now. As much as the Tennessee's been showing some promise, I think they're going to be overwhelmed by Derek Carr. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and pick the Raiders as well. Next up, Minnesota Vikings, Carolina Panthers. In Carolina, who you got? That's hey. that is Shaka's game of the week.
1: That's uh, or maybe you know what? Sam maybe Bradford, that's Sam's
0: game of the week, man. That's a hell of a game.
1: Sam Bradford, you you're you're in for quite the test as a second game for uh for the Vikings. I, I just don't see him going into Carolina and taking this one. I, if he, if he would, that's a huge statement, but it's just not realistic. You got Stephen Diggs, you got Rudolph. But you got no running back, and mm-hmm. you're gonna kind of need that to deal with that Carolina front seven defense. Mm-hmm. So I see Carolina taking this one, not handily, but there, there's no question about this one. Carolina wins this one.
0: I am gonna agree with you. I'm also picking the Panthers. I think it's gonna be a defensive slugfest. I think this will be a low scoring game, and I think at the very end you're gonna see Cam Newton orchestrating a fourth quarter drive that puts it away. Um, yeah, he
1: decides this one for sure.
0: Definitely. Uh, next up, Redskins-Giants in New York, Meadowlands. Who you got?
1: These games are always a little bit on the ugly side. Even though you NFC East
0: divisional rivalry, you can never predict who's going to win.
1: I, I still like that Giants defense. That Giants defense looks... I, I, even I knew it was going to be good, but I still feel like I'm not giving it enough credit and they're going to show me up again. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Giants and that's one. Kirk Cousins. Get it together, buddy. Yeah, man. You really need to... You and Jordan Reed, you need to take him out for a steak dinner. You got to talk to this guy. You got to get him... You know, you got to get whatever it is to get you two on the same page. I
0: completely agree.
1: When they're clicking, they cannot be stopped. He should have at least 15 targets every game. Yeah. If the the Redskins want to win. But it's not happening. So, I mean... Sorry,
0: I'm. Ga- I got to go with the Giants on this one. No, I'm. I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Giants at home as well. I think Eli and the defense, uh, Eli and the offense, uh, combined with this tenacious defense, and uh, you throw that up against the Redskins' sort of inconsistency, Captain Kirk being captain inconsistent. I'm picking the Giants as well. I think they're going to show them up, and uh, it's going to be a good game. Whenever N- NFC East teams play each other, Giants, Eagles, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. These games are always. They're smash-mouth. They're in-your-face. They're not as physical as the AFC North, but you kind of yeah. never know what's going to come. You never know what's going to happen. Like, if the Redskins win this game, it would not surprise me one bit, but I am picking the Giants. Next up, on, next next up on the docket, Ravens, Jaguars in Jacksonville. Who you got?
1: Ooh. All right. Well, you know what? Joe Flacco, he threw two picks last week. I didn't forget that. Mm-hmm. I mean he had a he had a pretty good game comeback one against the Browns. But going into Jacksonville, no running back. I see both sides, no running back. This is gonna be this might be an ugly game. Might I'm be. pretty I, sure it's I, probably I, gonna be an ugly game. I
0: think it absolutely will be an ugly game.
1: I gotta go with Jacksonville at home. It, it, this is too tough to call, but you got this is home field advantage strictly. I'm gonna say Jacksonville. Portals wow. is gonna kinda He's gonna he's gonna pull this one out. He's gonna throw a couple of touchdowns. We did say Allen Robinson is legit. I think he gets a couple holes in that Baltimore defense. Okay.
0: Jacksonville wins a close one. Wow, I am going to go against you and pick the Baltimore Ravens on the road. I think that the Ravens, they're veterans, they're Joe Flacco throwing the ball, the defense being nasty as it is. I think it will be a bit of a scoring, you know, a little bit of a. You know, the the Jaguars finding opportunities to score, the Ravens finding opportunities to score, but I think the Moxie and the, the experience that the Ravens have is gonna allow them to pull out a victory and the first two weeks seeing Jag the Jaguars not kind of meet expectations of what I thought they were gonna do in the offseason, it's just disappointing. Even with home field, I'm picking the Ravens. Fair enough. Next up, Rams Buccaneers and Tampa Bay. Who you got? I think I'm
1: gonna go with Jameis Winston giving himself a a stern talking to this week to kind of get his head back into it after that just embarrassing uh, showdown in Arizona. Not even a showdown. That was a beating. That was a whooping. Straight up whooping. Yes. And I think he's he he needs he needs a confidence booster. And the Rams they got a pretty great defense. Yeah. And that's about it. You got Case Keenum quarterback. You got Todd Gurley who pretty much just load the box up on them and they only need a touchdown or two to get out of this one because the Rams aren't going to score so I'm going to go Tampa at home
0: okay I will agree with you on picking the Buccaneers as well I think the Rams are just so darn bad and they're flying across the country to Tampa Bay they're going to be on the road I think Tampa Bay steps up and shows them exactly how a football team should play and even <laughs> with Todd Gurley doing what he does doesn't matter Tampa Bay's going to pull out the win 49ers, Seahawks in Seattle. Who you got?
1: You know, even with the bum ankles on our boy uh, Russ Wilson, the San Francisco team is just not good. They it's, don't got the weapons.
0: It's just really, so bad. To,
1: just go against that defense. That Seattle defense will always pull them out. Actually, like Jimmy Graham had a, a pretty solid game. He's looking a lot better. Yeah, he is looking better. And maybe it's kind of a forced position from a, a more stationary Russ Wilson but uh, I, I like I like Seattle within this one I think Seattle's gonna gonna I think they're gonna beat the crap out of him actually I yeah. think Russ Wilson's gonna come in a little angry I think uh I think him and Doug Baldwin are going to have a couple touchdowns. I think Jimmy Graham is actually going to have a touchdown, too. Seattle wins this one
0: for sure. Okay, I agree. I'm also picking the Seahawks at home. I think the Niners with that Chip Kelly offense are going to be pretty pathetic going up against the Seahawks defense, and I think you're right. Even with the bum ankles, Russell Wilson's going to bounce back. They'll find a way to put some points on the board, and uh, they will also definitely find a way to stifle Chip Kelly and Blaine Gabbard. So I'm also picking the Seahawks. (laughs) Um, Next up, Chargers-Colts. In Indianapolis, who you got?
1: Ah, Andrew Luck. I feel so bad for him this year. It's just going to be just a year of just getting beaten up. And you know what? Philip Rivers, man. Philip Rivers somehow finds a way to persevere and survive. And you just throw a Rolodex of wide receivers and running backs out there on the field with him. And he somehow just produces. So I'm going to go Chargers coming into Indianapolis and taking one away from the poor, hapless Colts. Luck's going to come out and ball, as he always does. He's going to have a couple chances to to get some touchdowns. You might see Dwayne Allen actually score in this one for once. But uh, I'm going to say Chargers win this one.
0: I am going to go against you and pick the Colts. I think they're at home. Uh, They're 0-2. They're due for a win. I think that the Chargers have a little difficulty playing on the road and maintaining some of that fast-paced offense, like even if they get up early like they did against the Chiefs in week one, they still have ways of kind of losing leads Um, so I think on the road in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck, I see Andrew Luck sort of figuring out a way to win in the fourth quarter, so I'm actually going to pick the Colts even though I love Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, I'm going with the Colts.
1: I think Melvin Gordon has a chance, I think they're going to feed Melvin Gordon too, they're going to give him a chance to really uh, build his confidence up.
0: Definitely and you know what, a soft Colts defense is a perfect time to build his confidence up Next on the docket is Jets, Chiefs, in Kansas City. Who you got, Shaka?
1: I think my Jets are going to walk away from this one easily. You're going into Kansas City. He's got a great defense. They got Marcus Peters. Kid's absolutely shut down. But I still like what the Jets put on the field. I I feel like they're going to come in, and that spread offense, they're going to have Quincy Inouye. I'm saying his name first. Because mm-hmm. I just like what he does. Mm-hmm. Decker, you got Brandon Marshall. And you got Matt Forte, who looks like he's been drinking from the waters of Lake Minnetonka. He's healthy, (laughs) he's fresh. I'm going to go Jets on this one. Close game. I say the Jets win it by a touchdown.
0: Okay. All right. I am going to go against you. I'll pick the Chiefs at home. I I think that uh, it's going to be a close game as well. I think these are two good teams. I think that Chiefs defense will be a little bit more effective. I am skeptical. About the Chiefs' offense being able to put up more points than the Jets' offense, but on the road, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubts to the, to the Chiefs. That's it's pretty I much. I say
1: Macklin. Macklin
0: has a big game. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you're going to see them try to run. I think you'll see Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West sharing the ball a lot. Should be interesting. Should be very interesting. Um, next on the docket: Steelers, Eagles. Who you got?
1: I hate to go against you, buddy, but I might have to. It's
0: okay, man. Do it.
1: Do it. I think, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, man, the, the guy, just he just puts up numbers. And I really, no, in all seriousness, I think that Steelers' defense looks a lot better. I think they're going to give uh, our, our good buddy here, Carson Wentz. Wentz, they're going to give him a, a little bit more to look at. He might have to really, really get around in that pocket a little more. we might actually see him throw an interception for the first time this season. But uh, I I say the Steelers win this one. They've got too many weapons on offense. Antonio Brown's due for a big game after last week's failure to show. So uh, I I think you look for the, the Steelers to pull this
0: one out. I uh I am going to agree and I'm going to disagree. I'm going to agree with you on everything you said. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball around. I think Antonio Brown is going to show right back up. I think the you will probably see Carson Wentz turn the ball over for the first time against the Steelers' team. Every single thing you said I agree with and in a perfect world I would pick the Steelers, but I am an Eagles fan. I am a homer. <laughs> It has worked out for me in the first two weeks because the Eagles have won both games, but I am going to go against the grain and pick the Eagles because I'm a homer and I think I will take the loss if that's the way it is. But I'm gonna pick the Eagles. I love it. I hope two. they win. I hope the Eagles win. Well, I appreciate that. Uh almost done. We got two more games. Sunday night game, Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, Texas. Who you got?
1: You know, I think Dallas is due for a beatdown in somebody. They're, they're right on the verge, I feel, of showing, hey, you know what, this is actually a legitimate team. Prescott has done a, actually a pretty solid job of getting that team down the field. I think it's just really kind of crossing the T's and dotting the I's in terms of getting his Bryant in the red zone. And Ezekiel Elliott looks great. The fumble aside last week, even with the running back committee, I think the Cowboys have a a serious team on their hands here and they're gonna win this one soundly at home.
0: Wow. And the the Bears will be the victim of their of their triumph.
1: Now, let's not even get into the uh, the quarterback issues they're oh, having. No. And I mean, like you said, Jeffrey and Langford are doing their thing. But I see it's tough for them to take this one from the Cowboys at home. Cowboys are due for a big one.
0: I agree with you. I'm also picking the Dallas Cowboys at home. I think they've been playing pretty well. Dak Prescott, everything is getting – every game, they look to get a little better and a little better. They're trending upward. The Bears are trending downward. Nationally televised game in Jerry Jones' billion-dollar stadium with the hole in the roof so God can watch his team. I'm also – how about them Cowboys? I'm also picking the Cowboys. Um, last game on the docket, Monday Night Football, Atlanta Falcons at New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Who you got?
1: This is also going to be a fun game. I'm actually going to go ahead and say the Saints are going to probably shoot this one out again this week, even though it was wrong last week. You know, Matt Ryan looks a lot better this year. He He looks crisp. He looks a lot sharper in the pocket, and he's actually putting touchdowns on the board. You know, um, you can't also count out the Saints just because they're gonna have to play from behind every single game this year. Mm-hmm. They'll be playing catch up, mm-hmm. so just expect Drew Brees to be trying to air it out early and often. I say this one's gonna be—I say this one goes to the thirties. But uh, I'm gonna go with the Saints at home. Unbelievably, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm gonna say Saints at home.
0: I'm uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm also picking the Saints at home. It's a nice divisional matchup. These two guys both like to air the ball out in a dome. Uh, but the Saints will have their crowd. They're definitely gonna throw it all over the place. I think it probably. I bet you both teams crack 30 points. Uh, I don't see a lot Absolutely. of defense in this game. Um, but I see Drew Brees pulling it out at the end and uh, and earning the win. And it'll be the first victory for the Saints this season after starting out 0-2. Uh Falcon games are always fun. Oh, yeah. Falcon Saints games are always going to be exciting. I like that. Th- that division is not AFC North where it's bruises and bumps and injuries. It's usually lots of explosive touchdowns. I like watching those teams. Oh, boy. Shaka, We went through all of it, man. We did all the games. We did all the picks. How you feeling?
1: I'm I'm dying right now. Actually, no, I'm kidding. I feel fine,
0: dude. That's great, that was, man. Uh, it's good. It
1: good to kind of get it out, get out of the system.
0: Dude, it feels. I've I've been looking forward to this podcast since the uh, since last night after the last game ended, man. Just to be able to sit down and and spit about every single thing that happened. I uh, really, really a lot of fun, and I hope everyone out there enjoyed it as well.
1: Yeah, really. I'm excited to see how a lot of these matchups come up this week. Uh, I, I like. Obviously, you guys have listened. Uh, Sam and I are where we have a lot of differences on uh, the outcomes of this coming week. So I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the turnout. Also, a lot of uh, curiosity with the running back by committees going on. Uh, there's got to be some some uh, front runners emerging at some point, especially in teams like Atlanta. They they need to kind of get this sorted out. They need a number one guy. So I'm looking forward to this weekend.
0: Yeah, hopefully this weekend will illustrate or shed some light on some of that. Um, listen everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, this is the fantasy football portion or or special fantasy football segments of Sam Sports Podcast. I'm gonna give the usual shtick. Listen to my podcast. You can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Hopefully, you've been to one of those places if you're listening to it right now. Um, also, go to Facebook. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Check out my Twitter handle, which is at SmithfaceJones, or just search Sam Rosenberg on Twitter. You can't miss me. You can also find me on Instagram, at Sam Sports Station, or... Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. It's real easy. I want to hear your thoughts. Give me some questions. We'll put them on the podcast. For now, everybody, Shaka and I will see you next week. Enjoy the games. Anything else you want to say, Shaka, before we sign off?
1: Once again, guys, grateful and honored that you're listening. Thank you for being with us. Hopefully, we'll hear from you again next week.
0: Definitely, definitely. Shaka, you the man! (laughs) Thank you, sir.
1: Gentlemen and scholar.
0: Oh, thank you. All right, everybody, enjoy. Enjoy this week's slate of games. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.